0: the pride of limerick
1: the young man named sean sheehan
0: the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe mma people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else i see them coming up and they're getting their shot and i'm proud that people are coming up with me welcome welcome everybody it's episode 153 of the severe mma podcast my name is sean sheehan and with me like every week is the lindsay Vaughn of irish mma media graham mcdonald as we look back on a big week of MMA, we're going to talk about Brian Ortega's big win, uh, we're going to talk about Chris Seiber defending her title again, and the rest of UFC 222, we're going to talk about John Jones' this hearing, we're going to talk about Dana White tweeting that picture of Brock Lesnar, and also Dana uh, confirming that Conor McGregor was due to step in to face, uh, f- well not due to step in, but offered to step in to face Frank Edgar last night, uh, and what that means, we'll also look back at a big week for Irish uh, MMA, with Dylan 2, Franz Malambo, Will uh, Andy Young and Moore fighting, and Chris Fields' fight uh, falling off, and uh, Rhys McKee fighting next week as well. So we'll talk about that uh, and a few more things. Answer all your questions as well at uh, towards the end of the podcast. Graham, how are things? big weekend of snow. Obviously, I was snowed in for most of it. Dublin got it even worse, I think. So did you survive? You did.
1: Yeah, yeah, I survived. Uh, had very cold feet at a couple of stages uh, when you're out in it, but uh, it wasn't too bad. A bit of novelty value. It didn't last too long. So if it had lasted uh, much longer, it would have got pretty annoying. I think.
0: Yeah, I think I think it lasted maybe a day too long, and you've had it even longer than me, maybe. But yeah, it's it got to be nine. Do you do many snowball fights or anything? I got absolutely cruised with snowballs there one night. And I was like, this... I know. <laughs> <that laughs> I
1: actually didn't. I uh, I true one. i of have made him mine when he was leaving my gaff. Uh, but uh, the dog, my dog, got a great value. Everybody, he, he loved it so. <laughs>
0: It's great for children, dogs, and us.
1: Really, (laughs)
0: it's great. It's great for everyone. If you're in, if
1: you're in school at all, you just get the days off, and it's great crack. I remember this happened years ago when we were in school. It was great crack
0: yeah sure hopefully everyone listening is is, is well tucked up in in, in bed now here listen to this out of the cold or uh is, is back to normal anyway hopefully anyone someone isn't uh snowed in too much and uh, everything's going well for you anyway so um, i think okay.
1: the best part about the whole thing was all the, the bread memes i think that was the best part of it it, it was yeah i used
0: to be about <laughs> 10 of them there at one stage which i got so great fun. value out of yeah whatever what about those scumbags of fucking breaking up that little and taking out the the uh the safe and all fucking dublin like jesus christ
1: and what's up from the the country or something. I don't know what the hell was going on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> as I said there uh, to Peter Coeley on Twitter it was it was a bad decision telling people they can leave their houses again <laughs> it never works out well but I think it showed the bad in people but it also showed the good and people that you know there was a lot of people helping out each other and uh, a friend of mine uh, a vet uh, lives inside him and he got called out to, to some animal in, in care and he, they had to dig his uh, his car or his van out and uh, and get him out so I think there's lots of stories like that from around the country of people helping each other out so it's, it's a good thing not to get too soppy about it or anything but um yeah, it was a it was a big weekend in Ireland, obviously, and the folks over in England as well. And I believe they had it in New York as well, so a lot of the listeners might be dealing with the with the same problems this week. So I uh, hope everyone uh, came out of that okay. A quick a quick announcement about not not really an announcement, but a, a kind of a t- telling you about an announcement coming up this week. Uh, we mentioned it a few times before. It's going to be a big week for us, a big couple of weeks here, and we really need your support this couple of weeks now coming up here. So you know. Uh, watch. Keep an eye on our Twitter at Severe and May Graham at Sean and BME. It probably wins that it Thursday. It's going to be coming out. So uh we really need your support this week. So if if you like the podcast, want to see Severe and May expand, Severe May keep going. Really, I think Irish MMA uh, needs us, it and uh, it's really you know. W- probably the only big bless in irish mma media these days who are actually covering you know who's covering the sport in in a big way and talking about the, the issues that need to be talked about and if, if you appreciate that and if you want that to continue this is a big week for us and i, I love uh we I, I think we'd all appreciate your support uh this week so th- that's going to be coming out and we're gonna there's going to be more content for everyone and this podcast is going to be staying the way it is for for free for everyone uh like it is the hour and a half every week so um yeah it's Keep an eye on it, as I said. You probably know what's coming, but this this week it's coming up, and uh, it should be fun. And we're excited about it, Graham. Anything to add to that?
1: No, that's good. That's good. We'll uh, we'll leave you. We'll leave the listeners hanging a bit. But i say a few few of them want to work today, from what you said there. But uh, mm-hmm. a few mightn't have. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, it'll be all confirmed later in the week.
0: Yeah, exactly. percent. Right. Let's get straight into the MMA. That's what people tune in here for. And we're going to talk about it straight away. And we're going to get to Brian Ortega first because I think that was the biggest headline for the from the weekend inside the cage anyway. And from not just the weekend, but the whole week. An absolutely phenomenal win for Brian Ortega. We talked about it last week that Ortega... He had a big chance against Frankie Edgar because he could win those big moments, whereas Frankie Edgar would win. Uh, but, you know, if it went to a decision or did win the long periods of the fight. Uh, and I think he kind of was winning it, but Ortega did a lot better than I had thought in, throughout the whole fight. He wasn't just winning winning the big moments. He was doing really well uh, throughout the whole fight. And that's kind of just an overview of it for me. How did you feel about Ortega's performance? Were you as impressed with him as I was?
1: yeah he looked he looked um, much more comfortable on the feet than he has before. um he didn't really try to engage the grappling too much if if anything, Frankie was trying to engage a bit of a bit of a takedown at one stage. and um I think Ortega kind of kind of half went for a guillotine at one stage just to kind of. Just to kind of remind Edgar that uh that he that he was dangerous there and it kind of I think Edgar pulled out pretty quickly and kind of second second guessed himself in in what he was doing there, but um it was it, yeah it was unsur- it was not that unsurprising that Ortega won, but it was very surprising the way he won, um like Frank Edgar he, he's 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 hittable. we've talked about this in the past but he has a really good chin and he's able to recover and he has recovered in the past and, in big fights like uh the, the the title fights with Graham Maynard he. he had huge comebacks. so uh fair play to ortega that uppercut that finished him off as well was a big shot i think Edgar was kind of nearly half out in his feet by then cuz he would have defended himself a lot better if you if he had a senses but uh it was kind of it was kinda, it, would, it was already being near the end before that uh you I don't, I don't i don't many people had money on on ortega by by KO, but that's the kind of statement you want to make if you want to get into a title shot. Like I'm not just a jiu-jitsu guy here. I can I can strike as well. I can I can take out a guy in Frank Yeager who's never been never been finished before in the UFC or never been finished before at all. So that's a big statement. And if you if you if you want to get into the title picture and into the into the next contender spot, like winning a decision over Egger, if it was boring, maybe maybe looking at other options. But he made it such a statement that it just makes complete sense now to to put him straight in there against Holloway.
0: Yeah 100% April 2nd 2008 was the last time Frank Edgar lost a non-title fight so that just tells you coming up on 10 years uh, next month it would have been between uh, losses outside of title but that is absolutely huge and for Brian Ortega to do that was was unbelievable I just couldn't have been more impressed with Ortega you know we did as I was talking about we did a lot of analysis of it and I think the, the, the key for Ortega was the, the middle bits he, he's obviously in previous fights, he's not as good at Frank Edgar. There, you know, pivoting between shots, he's really good. You know, he's as we can see, he lands big, hard shots. As you mentioned there, we, he went the, for that guillotine. We've seen him before going for it. Uh, we've seen him get loads of of of, uh, of chokes before and, and submissions. And when he gets to the ground, he's devastating. But it's it's between it. It's to get it to the ground or to get to the big shot. That's where he that's where he has the trouble. But he was absolutely phenomenal in those areas on saturday night just such big improvements like frank edgar what frank edgar does he's you know because he's so small compared to other guys uh, when he was at 55 and now at 45 you know frankie's really at 35 he should be fighting down there he's usually a lot faster than guys and he was faster than uh artega 100 although frankie edgar did show signs of slowing down there's no i don't think there's any doubt about it but artega did such a great job of stopping frankie edgar from pivoting around him and picking him off as he went around and he did it in a couple of different ways he did it by using using kicks to the body which he landed a lot and did very well but his jab was absolutely brilliant landing that jab all the time as frankie tried to pivot he was go he was going with the pivot and landing the jab he was switching stances, so he made himself longer on the side Frankie was pivoting to and could get that jab off. So he wasn't just jabbing, you know, out of the orthodox or the southpaw stance where you, you throw a normal jab. He was f- mixing things up all the time and stopping Frankie from from getting around him. So, if, you know, if he hadn't have done that and Frankie kept getting around him, it would have been harder for him to land those big shots. And with Ortega as well, you have to win the big moments. And he was, I, I've rarely seen, it's happened a good few times, but it's it's a rare thing to see someone as calm as Brian Ortega. And I, I mentioned he was wild, but he was calm. And someone's like, how can you be that? And I think he was wild when he needed to be. And I, when I say wild, I don't mean Diego Sanchez-type wild. I mean, when you get the opening, you go for it and you go hard. Like the guillotine, as you mentioned there, he threw a big switch kick at one stage uh, that hit Frank Yeager to the body. He threw a big right hand that just went past him. Just before he landed the elbow, which was kind of the beginning of the end, he threw another elbow as well. And then he came in with the uppercut, and that sequence was really good. If you go back and watch that, Frankie was expecting the jab, and then he comes in with the elbow, which which misses. Then he comes in with the uppercut, and then it kind of resets for a second, and Frankie's, you know... After you see an elbow and an uppercut, you're you're not really expecting another elbow to come straight away. You might be expecting the jab or you might be expecting, you know, a takedown or a high kick or something like that. But he throws the elbow in and that elbow landed. And that really, really was the end of it. He came in with a lot of hooks. The uppercuts were really good. And in the last uppercut, to put him down in the two body shots or the two uh, coffin nails, as you'd call them, in the end. Just absolutely took Frankie Edgar apart. Clinical display. Brilliant MMA by, uh, by Brian Ortega.
1: Yeah, he looked great. Like it's it's always exciting when an undefeated guy who's, who's like specializes in jiu-jitsu so much. Like like okay, there's a lot of black belts in the UFC, a lot of black belts in MMA. But this guy is like uh, a different level. Like there's different degrees, there's different levels to, to, to even black belts to each belt. And he's he looks to be very top level. Okay, we haven't really seen him. Um, we haven't even see, seen him in there as a champion yet in Max Holloway. But if if he can get it to the ground against Holloway, like. Okay, uh, Holloway hasn't been on his back. He hasn't been de- he hasn't been taken down and had to use a Jitsu in a good while. Maybe even since since the Connor fight. So he might have made massive improvements, but I I just can't see him having made the the improvements needed to to hang on the ground for too long with, with Ortega. So n- n- no matter how good you are on the ground, Ortega's very very dangerous. And if he, he's added the striking, he seems to he seems to be able like a lot of fighters were throw single shots or one twos. He seems to be able to as you were saying, he seems to be able to mix it up and throw unexpected combinations. And he hasn't been doing striking that long. Like, he's, he's, he was a pure jiu-jitsu guy only a few years back. So he, he maybe he's a natural on the strike and maybe he'll look even better in his next fight. Like, he's very young in the sport, so he hasn't taken that much damage. He looks to be a serious, serious prospect.
0: Yeah. I, it was funny. I was thinking during the week about just, I don't know why, but kind of the overall game of MMA and young fighters versus old fighters. Like, I, I, I was thinking about when young fighters go in there, you kind of want them not to think. You want to have you know their trainers or themselves be really intelligent outside of the cage and then be dumb in it and just go in and go head first and do what your plan was and go out and execute that plan and put your head down and keep doing it i think that's a good option for fighters at the start of their career and then when you get more comfortable more comfortable you that fight iq comes in and you can you can start doing things you can start seeing things and it's very rare that you see guys doing that early in their career. We saw John Jones do it. Uh there's not really that much licking. McGregor does it, but when McGregor did it, he was like, 20 you know fights into his career when we saw him coming into yossi obviously there was a lower level of opponent he was doing in before that but
1: well yeah about 12 or 13 fighting i think but yeah well
0: yeah well, yeah he's a good few fights. Well, like he was a two-time cage warriors champion at that yeah. stage before we saw him against big uh, you know but brian ortega has that he can do it like he did that against frankie edgar last night and brian ortega is not the most uh you know he's not the most experienced guy in the world how many fights uh does he have in, in his career and what is it 14 15 fights? Yeah, f- 15 fights, that's it. 14 and, uh, Oh, and that one no contest because, because of the diuretic failure.
1: Did he actually fight that fight? Or? Did,
0: um, I, I think, think he's 14-0 no
1: now uh, on topology. but uh, oh, no uh,
0: contest, yeah. He fought Mike Del Torre. Uh, yeah.
1: yeah oh yeah it's 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 wrong on the on the topology sorry it's on on. wikipedia here
0: it could be wrong but what uh, like saying that right that that ortega fought really well and on i think we both agree with that is there anything frank edgar could have done differently like i know you've watched a lot of frank edgar over the years is there anything he could have done
1: um yeah well like he he tried to he tried to we were talking about what he would do to to win the fight and he tried to do that i think but Ortega, uh, I suppose there's a lot of tape on Frankie doing that. Like we were talking about, he needs to do what he did in the BJ Penn days, and that's a long time ago when he beat BJ Penn and when he beat when he beat BJ Penn both times. That's a long time ago now. Like you know, a lot has changed. Shit done changed, as uh, Small yeah. B- would say. Um, so maybe like everybody else is is evolving around him, and he's kind of plateaued, and it's kind of understandable when you've been in the game for this long and you've had that many fights and you've been in wars, as we as we always talk about, like the damage and. Only so much you can take before you start slowing down, and um, it looks like just Frankie Frank Yeager was always a top contender, but it looks like now that the game has just kind of moved on beyond him and he's slowed down a little. So it's hard to say after just one loss against a top guy like this, but he did, as you said, he did look he didn't look quite as agile and fast as he usually looks.
0: Yeah, like when that stack came up earlier in the night that said Frank Yeager had the most fight time in UFC history. That just made me think that he doesn't have much fight time left at the top level because that's the way it goes. You know, people people can think what you want. Frank Edgar is a great fighter. It's got it, you know, if John Jones, right, say he had no drug bans or anything like that. If he gets to a position where he has the most fight time in UFC history, he's not far from a loss. Same goes for McGregor, same goes for, you know, GSP, Anderson Silva, whoever you want to say, that's just the way MMA goes. That's the way all sport goes. Like, look, look at the, look at even Ronaldo now in soccer. He's not what he used to be. Even, you know, Messi's still a great player, but he is not what he used to be. We saw Rooney fall off real quick. Look at Fernando Torres, the way he fell off. It happens for everyone. Shev, Shev, Shevchenko, when he went to Chelsea, it it happens in all sports. And, it, you know, it's, it, it's bound to happen to Frankie Edgar. He came up last night against someone who is just young and big and strong and smart. And as you said there, there's nothing bigger in MMA. Well, maybe not that's a bit of a stretch, but it's huge to, to be able to watch the amount of tape there is in Frank Yeager. You know, that that's that. He, he's more fight time than anyone else. He can watch all that Brian Ortega and see a way to beat him. Where Frank Yeager watching Brian Ortega, you know, you watch him losing fights. Brian Ortega hasn't won a round yet in the UFC, I think. You know, and he's he's won all of his fights. So Frank Yeager's just watching him getting beaten up and then, oh, I must avoid the submission. You know, and Brian, Edgar, Brian uh, Ortega came out last night and just kind of took all of that away and fought a, a really, really good fight. But just on Frank Yeager again, uh, you know, I think we both agree he looked like he'd slowed down a little bit. And a lot of people talking, including myself, about going down to bantamweight. Is that going to be an issue for him if he is on the dying embers of his career and he is slowing down? You know, those Bantamweights, it's going to be tough. Is he going to be able to change to play a big guy, guy game at Bantamweight?
1: Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. And like, maybe he had some kind of little injury, or you know, maybe he just had a bad day at the office. he wasn't feeling well. You know, you never really know. It's hard to, ju- it's hard to write somebody off like as a top contender just after 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 one performance and a mm-hmm. c- quick finish like that. You can get caught as well. You can just you can just have a bad day. So may- maybe maybe we're we're reading too much into that. But if if it is the case that he's slowing down, there is a lot of fast like. TJ Dillashaw, Cody at the top of that division. Cody Dominic, even they're very fast guys. They're very agile. Like Frank Yeager has been the smaller guy his whole career. He knows how to fight that way. Like he's he's so experienced fighting bigger guys. Even at forty five, he's usually just the smaller guy. So it it could be a big a big difference. Like and that he can overcome. So it'd be interesting to see. I I, I think he should have went to Bantamweight earlier. I think we we said it about this before, but. Uh, Obviously, couldn't he doesn't want to cut that much weight, and he's had a lot of success in the, in, in the past at that division. So it's hard to argue with him when, when he's been a, he's been a lightweight champion and all that. But maybe if he had to move down a little earlier, but he, he had the title fight against Max Holloway. Like you never know what 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 might have happened there. Like Styles, make fights, maybe Edgar get to take down. You know, you, know, you don't know. It, it could have worked out very differently. So it's hard to criticize him not going down. But I think now is the time because it, it, it's just it's it's. It's fresh matchups and it brings a bit new excitement to Frankie. But maybe the weight cut is too much. Maybe he just doesn't want to do that. He's he's been he's been around the game for a long time. He's he probably doesn't doesn't want to be cutting weight. He's probably it's it's, it's like it's a young man's game. It's hard to be as hungry as you were um when you're when you're ten years deep into a career. and like Ortega will be it's all exciting and new to him and to Edgar it's probably like, uh, where do I go from here? So maybe maybe Bantamweight is the, the way out, but in, as you were saying, it, it might look it might it might not work out down there because there is some very very tough guys down there who are very fast and 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 at the top of the division. I don't I don't really like the way he matches up with a lot of them, and I I doubt Frankie wants to wants to fight you know fifteen to ten ranked guys, and he he be wanting to get a title shot pretty quick if he was going to go down to one thirty five.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Like Frank is in an, in a weird position because he is, uh, as you mentioned, he's still a top contender. He's still up there, and I, I'm definitely not writing him off. But you know, there is reality of that. It's it's not getting better from here, more than more than likely. You know, he he could still beat good guys, but I, I find it very hard to see him getting a title challenge. Maybe if this was in boxing or another sport, you, you'd like to see Frankyager retire now. And I think like if if Frankyager did bow out now, he's not to prove. You know, he's a, it he was a champion. Uh, at 155, uh, 145 challenger twice got beaten by the best 145 pounder of all time, uh, Jose, Jose Aldo uh, twice. You know, there's no shame in that. And you know, do you want to see him going down there and getting beaten by a guy like TJ Dillashaw or, or Cody Garbrandt who are just faster than him and might end up knocking him out again? You know I know Frank Yeager isn't a fighter till the very end, and you know he will keep fighting on and he will win fights. And but it's. At this stage, I think that would be an option. F- few people mentioned. Now, I'm not calling for him to retire or, or anything, but if he did, I think it, 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 you know, I I wish something like that was more prevalent in MMA and people did that more with guys who have nothing left to prove in their careers and you know who have done it all. But I suppose that's that's a chat for another day. What about Ortega next? It, it, that fight with Max Holloway is is going to happen. Max Holloway said it has to be that. You'll yeah. see two to six. How do you
1: see that one going? Ooh. It's a tough one. Like I would have picked Hollow, uh, Holloway all day before, and I probably will I, I probably will stick uh, stick with Holloway for the moment anyway. But Ortega definitely showed showed that he's he's still improving and improving pretty quickly. Like he he he's he's going to take a lot of confidence from that from that fight. Like that was that was by far the biggest fight, the biggest uh, step up he's had in, in in his career. So like if you get to, if you get to the ground or he grabs a guillotine, like. I, I have, I'd I have to go with Holloway just using his using his volume and his, his reach to, uh, to overwhelm Ortega on the feet but when you're that good on the ground anything can happen but you know if I had a free bet I'd be, I'd be going Holloway Yeah I'd go
0: Holloway as well I don't think I don't think Ortega's is going to be able to get it to the ground that easily against Holloway I think it's going to be Another case of looking for those big moments, and more so with the jujitsu this time. Even though you know it was a lot with the jujitsu last time as well, but more so with the jujitsu against Holloway because I think Holloway has an unbelievable chin, and I think he hits harder than Frank Edgar, and he's just a more kind of violent all-around fighter. And if he gets into a war with Max Holloway, you know, where you try to get the, you know, where you try to get a wild moment to get the fight to the ground, or to land the big shot, Max Holloway is probably going to win that against you because he's an absolute demon. I remember, like he did take all of McGregor's big shots; he took lots of big shots from Aldo, he, he's just really, really good, and I, I'd agree with you, the best way I think for for Ortega to win that fight is to get it to the ground and try to get a submission, maybe that's how he looks, and you know, there's a plenty of tape there as well, and Max Holloway, he's had a lot of fights, although you know, this is kind of Max Holloway 2.0 and he's a different type of guy now, but Uh, Yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that fight. UFC 226, hopefully it gets made for that. And, uh, you know, I've talked about it so many times over the last few months. This is it. Look at everyone, how excited they are about this fight. This is the new blood. That the featherweight division badly needed. You don't have McGregor in the title fight. You don't have Aldo. You don't have Edgar. The old guard, who you know, the division who was held up by them for so long, is gone now, and you have two new guys in there fighting for a title. And this is brilliant. This is exactly what that division needs, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, it's fe- obviously feels sorry for Frank Yeager. but for the good of the sport, the good of the, the division, this is, I think, exactly what it needed, and it's, uh, it's going to be fun to see that fight play out.
1: Yeah, when I was talking there a minute ago about Ortega improving in between fights, like Holloway's been doing the same thing as well. Yeah. So it's, it's very interesting, like, when you're when you, when these young guys are at the top of the division, as you're saying, the, the new blood is there. They can make big improvements in, bet- in between fights, and they might not... You, you studied the tape, and they might look like a different fighter. Like, people like Henry Cejudo, for example, like, if you watched a couple yeah. of his early fights and you watch him now, it's a completely different guy. Like, so, mm. the, yeah, who knows what what... what 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 improvements um, Holloway or uh, Ortega can make, but Holloway will probably make big improvements as well. And he he's looked absolutely brilliant. He's looked like an absolute killer recently. So. It's got. It's, it's a great matchup. It really is. There's
0: so many great fights coming up. Like, look at that one. Look at Habib versus Ferguson, which we'll talk about in a few weeks. You know, TJ Dillashaw. Who's going? He going to fight next? Maybe, D- maybe Demetrius Johnson. Maybe Cody again. Maybe uh, Dominic Cruz. Someone like that. Look, great fights. You know,
1: Chad you know, Daniel- coming back as well. If if yeah. like he hasn't fought Holloway before. Mm-hmm. He hasn't fought hmm. Ortega before. He he'll be another another one to look out for in the division. Um, I, 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 it seems like from from what you hear online, like from the Alpha Male people, they're obviously not saying it, but the the rumblings are that he's not really a guy to hang around the gym when he's not in camp. So it might take him a while to get him back into in, into proper shape. But uh,
0: he's yeah, coming off like a two
1: year ban, so it'll be interesting to see. Like a, a lot can change in two years as well. Maybe maybe he'll have fallen behind if he hasn't been in the gym as much as he should have been.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it, you know, it's been kind of a quiet time for MMA recently, but, you know, hopefully McGregor will be back again as well. And, and uh, you know, I suppose this is a good time to talk about that. Um, De- McGregor came out during the week. We talked about it last week, I believe, on the podcast about him offering to fight Frank Edgar last night and Dana White and came out and confirmed it uh, last night. And the first thing I thought was right. This was obviously not going to be at 145 pounds. They would have they would have fought. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, you know, they're talking about 165 pound belt." But you know, it, the most likely thing I think would have been if they had fought it would have been at 155 pounds. And then what would that have been for? You know, would they have fought for the belt? And then you know, Habib and Ferguson are fighting for a belt in a couple of weeks' time. And then why came out during the week and said he's stripping McGregor of his belt the second of blows landed in that but like mcgregor avail- uh, available to fight last night but they're stripping him in three weeks time and the ufc turned down that fight because they said the ortega edgar fight was already made like that's a bit odd isn't it <laughs> you know mcgregor's there available to fight he said he would have fought last night but they're going stripping him of his title and i know you know he hasn't fought in a long time and that but does that change things a little bit it's it's just a very weird situation isn't it
1: yeah, well, he, I guess that Connor probably named a, a price that the UFC thought was too high. <laughs> probably because <laughs> they would they, they would have loved. You you think they would have loved to to do that? Like people have been talking about this Frank Jaeger fight for years and years, and I don't think Frankie would have any problem making or going up the 155 or going to any weight to fight Connor. Like he's been he's been trying to position himself for for years for that fight. So it it is a bit of a strange one, but but uh, yeah, no, that the one hundred forty five pound thing. I think in the tweet or in the Instagram, whatever Connor put it out on, I think he said the last remaining featherweight or something. And people yeah. what he was talking about going to featherweight himself, but uh, like I didn't take from that, that, from that at all. I, I just mm-hmm. thought it was this is a guy when I was at featherweight that you were all talking about. So let's, I, don't, I don't think the weight would, uh, I don't think anybody would expect Connor to get down to 145. I don't think he'd, he'd need a serious camp to get down to 145. I don't even know if he could do it anymore.
0: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's just a very odd situation, and I suppose uh, you know Dana White came out and said, and we've talked about it before about the the first blow being landed. We kind of guessed at that last week or the week before. So, so what if what meeting. if Tony
1: rolls up a leg lock and there's no strikes? Is it just an interim belt?
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah,
1: and it's giving himself an out
0: yeah submission now submissions don't count this is a standing bang man (laughs) or if he just takes him down and then rise him out yeah it could you know it could happen but yeah i'm looking forward to that in a few few weeks time but yeah what about the main event on saturday night chris cyborg against yana kunitskaya this it wasn't you know for a what was it a three and a half minute fight wasn't a bad old fight. um yeah. all told Yana Kunitskaya did pretty well uh, you know I, was, I watched a bit of tape and her big, strong, good clinch, and she kind of showed that, but the classic Chris cyborg really just uh, came through, didn't it yeah.
1: yeah yeah I think even before the first takedown um cyborg had landed hard and it was it was uh, it was like an ankle or she basically just dived on the ankle, and cyborg just kind of kind of clumsily fell over. Uh, it, was, it wasn't great Tatian defense with Cyborg, but maybe she was just kind of, she thought she had to finish and she wasn't expecting the ten attempt. But uh, it made it, it made it more exciting than I think most people thought. Uh, we were talking about a f- first round KO and it, it did happen, but there was it was a bit of back and forth first, which maybe a lot of people weren't expecting. So, yeah, there was a bit of, oh, wait a second here. Is Cyborg going to get her back taken at one stage, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it had, it had uh, ups and downs. Um and, and yeah, it, was a bit, it was probably a bit more entertaining than we expected.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, I think Cyborg kind of had it in her head that Kunitskaya came out before the fight, I believe it was MA, MMA Junkie. She said it to <laughs> about Cyborg not having big punching power. So the first thing well, they she said, that no, happened,
1: real it, no real knockout pair. Yeah. And then she didn't actually knock her out, though. So she kind of got proved right.
0: Well, the first thing Cyborg did was she came out and landed a big right hand and knocked her down. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that punch in over. That's not but, a real uh,
1: knockout uh, pair, though, if you knock somebody down. Yeah, <laughs> <not> <laughs> yeah but I, I
0: look, yeah, hardest hitting 145 right no cyborg might be might be but yeah I, as i said cyborg landed that big uh, that big right hand yana got the takedown as you mentioned it was kind of the ankle pick and cyborg got back up but she took her down again you know took took the back couldn't get the hooks but but did get that clinch against the cage. she looked big and strong in that clinch and you know did did pretty well there do you know she was controlling cyborg and that was the thing coming in i was i was uh thinking about for that was the, the area she was going to have success in and she definitely did have the success but eventually cyborg was able to um, was able to break away she landed a big knee and a ride right on the clinch and she landed a right as well and she ended maybe a little bit of an illegal kick after she dropped her again you know you i think
1: mean, i didn't i didn't i thought it was no, to the I body i didn't
0: mm. but like if you know maybe if, even
1: to the leg it was more like a kind of lower body or or she one. kind of
0: landed on the kind of the hand or the shoulder i watched it back again. No, i didn't really land but all the marys last week were given out about it or probably saying she should have been disqualified again there was one with Brian in Carraway as well but cyborg kept going obviously going through walked her down landed the right right hand knocked her down landed the ground and pound and there wasn't much to say about it really other than that you know cyborg is cyborg is someone who has kind of moved the technique over her last few fights rather than going in and destroying someone But this time, she kind of, as I mentioned, she got put in that position where is good, survived it, and then came out and got wild again. And uh, I think she kind of wanted to put on a show, maybe because she only had three weeks to to prepare. Her cardio wasn't up to scratch, and she thought, I need to go out and, you know, finish this early uh, so I don't get caught maybe late late in the fight. Uh, But it was basically just a far superior fighter taking out another fighter who, you know, rose rose up and did, did pretty well against uh, such a, you know, such a tough opponent, although doing pretty well was getting, you know, getting blasted out of there. But um, wh- what do you think is next for Cyborg? You know, D- Dana White
1: mentioned that. Man in the man news, news, think, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that makes sense. Like they could just give Cyborg a couple, a couple more favorable matchups so she can get a couple more knockouts and kind of, recapture the pub i think there was a lot of public interest in her a few years ago and it kind of waned a bit because it took so long for her to get into the ufc and the ronda fight went away and people stopped talking about it so much but no, i think i think there's a bit of excitement around cyborg again now and maybe even just give her another another bit of cannon fodder mm-hmm. for the and then give give her the, the amanda nunez fight but I, I do like that style matchup amanda nunez versus cyborg because Cyborg's take-in defense isn't that great. Like she seems to be able to survive on the ground and kind of yeah. use explosion to get back up. But I don't know if her, t- if her technique. Maybe she just doesn't have to use it because she's so much better and bigger and stronger than these girls. But Amanda Nunes is very strong as well, and and she can turn up the heat and when she needs to. And uh, I just like to saw matchup. I think like uh, usually a cyborg fight, you're just like, oh, when's she gonna finish her? Like which round is cyborg gonna win? But the Amanda mm-hmm. Nunes fight is to uh, who's gonna win the fight. So I think. I think one more, one more nice, matchup match for Cyborg, and then make that Amanda Nunes fight.
0: I agree with Cyborg. I think she can just knock off a person every three weeks, like, and it'll make no difference until that fight comes up, and then that'll be the real fight. But I'm not sure Amanda Nunes can do the same. You know, she has, a, she's a, there's a lot of good fighters in that division, and I know, you know, Raquel Pennington, she's no joke. That's that's a good fight. I think she'll beat her, and I think she'll beat most of the the women in that division. But it's a risk, you know, and I I think it's a risk because that's. Amanda Nunes is the only fight for Cyborg. You know, she fought Holly Holm already. Jermaine Duran, for me, is going away. She's not getting, you know, coming near her. I know Ketlin Vieira won last night. I wouldn't mind actually seeing that fight. That'd be okay. But I I still think Cyborg runs through her. And Nunes is the only fight. And I don't know. I don't think you can put it at, at a risk now. I think you do that fight now and you make it, you know, on a big card as a co main or a main event, even in Brazil, maybe. And, I think I think the time is now there was talks about the making the the uh Raquel Pennington Amanda Nunes fight, but I think you scrap that. I think you make the fight right now in case uh Nunes loses. I really do. I, I think it's it's time to make that fight and you know it's it should be uh it should be a good fight during the mm-hmm. middle of the of the summer.
1: Yeah, just you mentioned the me there. The the randomly thing is really because I think like she I think she actually matches up pretty all right with with cyborg. I don't know why she like maybe it's a money thing maybe she's like i'm not fighting somebody world class for 40 and 40 or 80 and 80. whatever her her pay pack is she mm-hmm. wants pay-per-view points she wants all that stuff so maybe that's a part of it maybe she just wasn't happy with the contractor because it's strange because like cyborg she's obviously like been brilliant at the top at the top of the game for the women's game for for years and years but there is holes in her game and the randomly, like the De Me fight against Holly Holm was very close, and so was the the Holm and Cyborg fight. Yeah. So if I, I was trained around me, and I like, I'd be trying to, I'd be trying to get that Cyborg fight. I, I don't know, I don't know what's going on there. I think it must be a money thing rather than a I don't want to fight Cyborg full stop thing. It was weird when she was champion,
0: like you'd think maybe she would have, I know not all champions have pay-per-view points, but Cyborg Mm. is like probably the third or fourth, well, up there, and now with, you know, McGregor obviously is number one in pay-per-view draws, McGregor's number one, you know, if Brock comes back, Jones, whatever, but she's up there, you know, Cyborg Mm. draws pretty well. I don't know if she is, does she? What was her last one? Well, it's, you know, 300,000 or whatever it is, but she draws better than... 90 percent of the people in there like and you know if if you have pay-per-view points and you're going in there and you're you know you might might earn a bit of money that's going to be the biggest payback of your life and maybe you know i know cyborg's a tough fight maybe your health is more important but jesus come on and i do i think it'd be a good fight as well uh, because the is a good fighter you know but yeah it's 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 a bit of a weird one though definitely uh right let's move on i want to talk about the finish in the hector lombard cb dalloway fight and here's my thoughts on it before I hand it to you, Graham. And obviously, you know, if you haven't seen the fight, it came to the end of the first round. The bell went. The, ref, the, the bell went. As the bell went, Hector Lombard threw a jab. The referee jumped in to stop it. He just put his hand up. Hector Lombard threw a right hand over it, knocked C.B. Dalloway down, hurt him really bad. And in the fight, uh, obviously, it was the end of the round. So the the referee gave us Dalloway a second. He called in the doctor and then the fight was stopped. I believe they went to instant replay. It looked like they didn't, but they didn't really make it clear. I'm not sure if it came out afterwards. And they gave the DQ win to CB Dalloway. My thoughts on it are this, is that there's two people to blame here, I think. The referee... And Hector Lombard, you know, Hector threw that jab, but he shouldn't have thrown the second shot. When uh, and the rule is, you don't go when the bell uh, chimes; you go when the referee comes in. So the bell went, and the referee came in pretty simultaneously, and he still threw the right hand. So I think Hector's to blame yeah. there. The but rep wasn't very the, forceful about that, it either. That's my second point, yet yeah, a referee should not have come in should have come in harder he didn't come in harder he put one hand up stop you can't do that you have to get in between him. you have to separate and push them both back get you know take that punch rather than C.B. Dalloway taking it if you have to that's your job that's the referee's job you have to be forceful you have to get in there but I, I, I don't think C.B. Dalloway can be blamed for that he did come in the referee did come in tried to stop him. he wasn't forceful enough and Lombard still didn't stop and he hit him with that shot and I think uh, you know I, I think that's fair enough I think Dolloway deserved the DQ how did you see it?
1: Yeah, I think if you can't continue, like even if you could continue, that's that, that's not gonna you're not gonna be the same after that. Like he got mm-hmm. rocked hard, like he he got planted like on the ground, and he kind of like when you're not expecting it as well, you're not bracing for it. It can probably be worse as well. Um Hector Lombard has a bit of a, a history of not being the, the soundest lad around anyway. Like from from a lot of stories. Um so maybe the ref, like you know, you you should know your fighters that you're refing and know that this guy's a bit of a liability and he, he may do something a bit mad. Like if you're refing a Paul Harris fight, like and there's a submission on, you got to be extra fucking careful. Like get in there, like you know, it's kind of the same with Hector Lombard. These these mad bastards like him. <laughs> yeah, you want you
0: want fucking uh, you want a bottle of links to spray into uh, Bruce Marr Paul Harris's eyes <laughs> <laughs> he has to get him out of it. Yeah, but uh, look, I. Can- I don't know. We might have been a little bit overcritical last night on the decision. It, you know, I said it, it would have been a cop out if he gave the no contest. It was he was in the middle of the the combination, but he could have stopped. You know, someone made the a first one was,
1: was questionable, but the second one was just way late.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. Someone someone made the point that you know he's Hector Lombard. Someone said that Hector Lombard is is experienced so experienced that it's built into him to throw the combination when, when he's one shot thrown to throw the second one but someone else made the point in afterwards that he's also experienced to know that the bell is gone and the referee stepped in and you have to stop so, and he didn't stop so I think that's I think that's a fair point and yeah, I don't know.
1: And he's probably experienced enough to know that 99% of the time if you cheat you get away with it in MMA so. That's a good point,
0: that's a good point and yeah I think we can't complain too much when someone d- does, it's egregious like this, you know this isn't, or well I wouldn't say it's egregious but he definitely did hit him after bell, he Knew what he was doing, and he landed that big shot. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think this was, fair play for the, you know, the ref.
1: The ref, he didn't cover himself in glory in the in the top, in the top of the round, but they got the decision right. I think to to disqualify uh, Hector Lombard because it's he, just not on. Like we've seen it happen in the past in in Aldo Mendes, we've seen it in Holly Holm and Durandumi, we've seen it before, and it, it changes fights and it a different like in in them two fights i just mentioned, there could have been a different champion if that hadn't happened, and there was no repercussions. So. It's good that somebody actually got got called up on doing doing it.
0: Hundred percent, yeah. Let's get to a couple more of these fights here. What do you think of uh, my boy Sugar Sean O'Malley, Irish MMA's representative against André sukentat, Obviously, hearty yeah. leg there in the, in the third, but good fight other than that.
1: Yeah, he seems to be watching a, a bit of Conor McGregor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. yeah, he fights a lot like him, and yeah, them keeps to the body, games. the the mm. yeah, the spinning back kick that he he actually landed a beautiful combination at one stage. Um, he was even when he was even when in the third round when he injured his leg. He, he threw that spinning back fist. Um, he just he just goes for it, and he's he's exciting, and he's fearless, and he, he's got he's got really good technique, and he, he he seems to have improved. Maybe it was just that he was a bit nervous the last time, and he's a bit more comfortable now. But he looks to be a serious serious prospect. Yeah, uh, definitely he, a serious actually. Like, right. You know, this this guy he was fighting was not like he was a tough as nails. He like a lot of people would have just gone down taking a knee after a couple of them huge strikes. He was stumbling around, didn't know what was going on at the end of one of the rounds. But he managed to stay in there. He was tough as nails and maybe a bit of bad fight IQ at the end when he had O'Malley's um, leg injured. He kept taking him down and uh, it's just it's it's annoying to watch when something like that happens. But mm-hmm. I, I was kind of glad that. Uh, O'Malley didn't end up losing due to like a weird innocuous injury that kind of fucked him after such a good performance. It was the
0: weirdest like last five minutes of a fight ever (laughs) because O'Malley was (laughs) and the aftermath, (laughs) aftermath, yeah. But if if O'Malley had -um Stupnikat had just let him stood up, he would have just been able to tee off on him because he would only one leg. You know, it was like the karate kid gone out there and. Uh, it was just uh, what a, probably the worst fight IQ I've ever seen in the UFC. It was a truly horrendous. Like that, he lost that fight because of him and him alone. He could have won that fight so easily. You know, the, the referee probably would have stopped that fight if if he hadn't thrown a punch and just let him stand up and seen that Sean O'Malley couldn't walk for like 30 seconds, he probably would have stopped that fight. He would have gone in and saved him because he couldn't intelligently defend himself. You know, so it was so stupid by At one
1: stage when O'Malley was on his back, he was literally screaming and the ref was like, are you alright? He's like, yeah, I'm grand. <laughs> so
0: he's clearly not grand. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. No, yeah, but fair play to Sugar Sh- Sean. Showed a showed a good bit of uh, of heart and will as well as well as the skill. Although he's wrestling, you know, they talk about comparing McGregor. I think his wrestling isn't as good as McGregor's. His takedown defense, you know, as McGregor has showed in in other fights, and his ability to you know to get back up. And uh, no, and, Sean,
1: he's American. He knows everything about wrestling.
0: No, he's Irish. What? Shut up, Greg. He's Irish. We <laughs> stop. Sure, we aren't need, all, aren't all Americans
1: Irish? I thought they.
0: were uh, <laughs> they yeah, probably are yeah they probably are uh, o- outside of that then um, Andrarlovsky beat Stefan Struve in a fight no one saw because they were watching the boxing Ketlin Vieira uh, put on a good display against Katangano. A split decision was a bit weird in that one but not a, not a great Struve, fight that
1: one fucking hell. would he ever use his, his reach it's, it's ridiculous don't, don't get me ridiculous. started in the jab again <laughs> do it. it ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, don't he's do it. never gonna. He's never gonna use his massive length advantage that he has. Yeah,
0: 100. Yeah,
1: John Dodson as
0: well was a pretty, pretty bad. There's a lot of bad performances actually in this card, even though it was a pretty good card. John Dodson. Oh, I think uh, Jordan Breen said it no one has done less with more than John Dodson in the UFC he's just the most frustrating fighter to watch God he's so annoying He just he's, so, he's such a good athlete such, so much power and he just doesn't use it at all so very very annoying Um, um who else Benil Dariush got starched by uh, Alexander Hernandez my boy Benil Dariush and it looks like the chin is going to be the issue for him although Hernandez Hernandez kind of got him off guard by coming in Going like he was going to touch hands, and then what, what did he throw? Was it a kick or a right hand? But he he threw a kind of a dirty shot anyway. And then Darius was kind of in the back foot from there. But Hernandez looks like a good prospect as well. And it's you know Benil Dariush back to the drawing board again. That that chin looks like it's going to hurt him, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I, I actually didn't notice that he tried to fake him out with a like a, a some kind of like high five or whatever you're saying, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's what happened. Yeah, at the, at the very shit. start.
1: Oh, yeah, at the very good. start, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. The shot that actually dropped him though was it was no, yeah. that was okay, yeah, that was perfect, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. A bit weird. But what about McKinsey Darn as well? <laughs> I, I tweeted on the, uh, last night that, um, she's she's reminds me of Ronda Rousey without the judo, and she was a bit like, <laughs> look, looked absolutely horrendous standing up. Well, look, both well, Brave and we mentioned it a few weeks back I was talking about Habib there's not you can't I wouldn't sell it in the world to have someone with the tenacity of Habib and McKinsey Darnan is tenacious she's very tenacious she just just doesn't have the skill yet and if she can add in a bit of wrestling uh, and add in a bit more striking and striking defence especially because she looks like she actually hits pretty hard and she lands a few good shots but she's very rosy looking with her strike and just can't defend at all can't get the fight to the ground but when she does she's unbelievable she's a bit like Liverpool you know she's unbelievable <laughs> in attack when she gets into her her Area, but in defence she's absolutely atrocious. But yeah, it was it was a weird fight. Have, have you
1: have you not seen Virgil Van Dijk? Who never heard Carrick, of him. super 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 Carrius. Carrius made a
0: good save actually yesterday, didn't he?
1: Who are they playing? Better than better than Dave De Gea. Easy no, easy now. Put easy now. <laughs> <laughs> in there. We'll have, we'll yeah, have one uh, okay. the best game from Brazil.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. What about Darn? Did you? I know she's young Jeez. in the game.
1: Yeah. Like the matchups aren't going to get any easier than, than than the other. There, like she she'd want to hurry up and learn some some striking or be in much more of a rush to get it to the ground. If she if she, if she's not gonna if she can't make the strides in striking, she's going to need to be a, a lot more uh, grapple heavy. Like. If you like nobody in the in of the top cali- top caliber people in the division are gonna have any problem with her by the looks of things, unless she and like obviously they're gonna give her the slow road and you'd think so anyway, but um even giving her the slow road, uh, she could end she could end up losing to one of the, one of these girls that that nobody knows.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she definitely could. So yeah, I think a very, very slow. Even give her six months to improve again. You know, she's with a good camp. She's with uh, Vincent, in Vincent Henderson's camp, the MMA lab. Uh, so that's a pretty good camp. So hopefully she will be able to uh, to add on to that. Uh, Mike Pyle as well in his uh, re- retirement fight. In, I actually, in you know, for
1: some reason, I believe him. like Because he, him, like every time he gets touched anywhere near his chain, he's just out yeah. cold pretty much. Well, he wasn't out cold this time, but he just dropped hard. and he like. You have to be able to take small shots. Like you, you fair enough, if your chin isn't great, you like you can't take massive shots, you can get away with that for a while. But if you can't take any shots, you just need to retire.
0: Yeah, yeah, hopefully he does. You know, he's nothing left to prove. Uh and uh Cody Staman as well, I suppose the last thing on this card, breathing Brian Caraway. And in a good fight, it was fifty- 50 uh, pretty much fight. But Staman has kind of come from nowhere. Beat Tom to come be, beat Brian Caraway. He's gonna be ranked in the top top 7 or 8 in this division and he looks he's a tenacious spent away not the most skilled guy in the world but good takedown defense looks like he hits hard is very smart good defense and you know it's it's interesting one to watch going forward with Cody man, so uh, yeah that was a it was a pretty good card but um yeah on to the next one right next point of topic we're going to get to now is Jonathan Bones Jonathan Dwight Bones Jones <laughs> even whoaky <Yorkie. laughs> What a man. Where's Andy Cole when you need him? Um, Who went up uh, in front of the California State Athletic Commission during the week um, after he tested positive for Tirinnabal uh, a couple of months back and it was a bit of a shit show from start to finish <laughs> jones came in we, we were all expecting Malky kawa i believe jones's manager went on luke thomas's radio show over on sirius xm there a couple of weeks ago and said uh, what, what was it like 90 percent chance or something that jones fights again in in 2000 and uh what year have we 2018 uh, uh Everyone was expecting they have something, they found something, they found a supplement, they found something where the turinobol was in, they found a dirty water bottle or something, and they went in there, and they had absolutely nothing, they had a lie detector test, which they didn't even barely talk about, you know, Jeremy Kyle wouldn't even believe it, They, they went in, they had this doctor, they had this doctor who wrote this report, about how he thought you know it was most likely a tainted supplement or something like that. Then they had another doctor who basically rubbished all of his findings and said that you know he all of it is speculation basically. And Did nothing else after that, it went from bad to worse for Jones. He said he forged an online seminar or he said his management management sorry forged an online seminar and did it for him about USADA. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Actually, just on that signature I think- thing, apparently it was just like uh it was one of these like terms of service or like terms and conditions where it's mm-hmm. stupidly and every, you just click I agree and press continue. It wasn't actually like writing a physical signature, apparently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was
1: kind of uh, Jones. Jones himself kind of made it sound worse than it was. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he did, but I think the signature was on the end of like a USA. It was like a a seminar about like a whereabouts test for USADA and all of that, and something that the fighter really should be doing themselves. But yeah, it was he should just shouldn't have said that really? Like it's I suppose he wants to be truthful, and you can't fault him for that. But that was that was kind of kind of super. What, what did you think about the, the the this the whole hearing though? And I, I know you had a point about the whole you know they kind of looked at his background, and you, we were talking about that during the week that you know. When his defense is that he's telling the truth and he doesn't know what happened, I think it's fair enough to talk about his background. That was kind of your point, wasn't it?
1: Well, I, I can see it from both sides. Like when your defense is, "I'm a, I'm a really good guy. I've changed," and then they're like, "Well, this happened a couple of years ago. This happened a year before that. Like you still drink. Do you? Like instead of just saying, yeah, I still drink,' you should have been like, 'Oh, I only drink on a, just like I only drink on a rare occasion, or I don't drink as I used to, or.'" Um, I have I, like you know he just kind of he didn't really defend himself very well. He was too laid back and cool about it. He was cracking the odd joke. It, it was he he seemed to believe that the, the Malky Kow, 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 his manager Maliki that he was going to well, chances are he was going to get off this. So I don't know why because he's been through the process before. Um, I think because it wasn't in the system in the test afterwards and the test before they they thought that that was a big thing, but the commission just didn't seem to care about that. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just like the test is positive. Can you can you show? Was we'll anything the show? Like, can you show us the tainted supplements? What can you show us? They couldn't show him anything. They didn't care about the lie detector test, they didn't care about I'm a great guy. Um,
0: yeah, it, it went terribly
1: for John Jones. Um, but then the punishment actually wasn't that bad, but you said it would probably be a lot sterner and like they kind of just left it to you to, to ban him. Basically,
0: mm-hmm. that's that's the thing. Now, uh, you made you made the points there that I, I was going to bring up like. I think we all agreed that the actual hearing couldn't have gone any worse for John Jones when just went awfully. But as you mentioned, you know. Um Andy Foster the, from the said athletic Commission came out and said that he believed John Jones and that he doesn't think he he took the uh, Torino ball on purpose and they all they did was strip him of his license and give him the fine of I believe it was two hundred and five thousand which was I think twenty percent of his purse, an additional 40%, 40%, and addition for
1: forty percent and then it was 30, it was only five grand a, par- a portion of his pay-per-view points and they they seemed to massively miscalculated how, uh, how no that it works. was
0: it was it was five grand for something else it was two two thousand five hundred for something else but they they They'll, I think they just left his pay per view points alone. But the the thing about this is, right, as i as I said, like it went terribly for Jones in the hearing, but it didn't, you know, what he said before the hearing, Andy Foster, you know, take his license, and find him this much. That's what happened afterwards. So it went so bad, but it, it, he still got the same, you know, afterwards as he got before. And I think, as you mentioned, this is over to you, Sada. And I think this is a big test for the balls you said have and you know how proper they want to be as an anti-doping agency you know it, it, this is one of the ufc's biggest draws are they going to go out and ban him for four years that's th- that's the test of this and i i think it's a huge test for you Sarah, And i think we're going to see if if they can pass that test and what, what do you think do you think they're, they're going to do that Do you think they're going to go out and give him a four-year ban or do you think they might stroll it back a bit uh, uh,
1: i think they kind of have to give him a four-year ban really it, like it's it's terrible, really, because he's such a, a talent and such a. Even though he's had a brilliant career already, and like he's one of the kind of champions that usually you guys lose early and fix holes in their game, but he was just so good that he was able to pick everything up so quickly, and he was able to he was able to just dominate all along. And it's a real waste of a career if he does get four years. Maybe he'll come back, but four years is a long time. Like uh, everything, like the game will have moved on by then. Um, Maybe he, maybe he's that good that he could, that he can keep up. But it, it, I think I think you said I have to have to give him a four year ban. He didn't show any pain to supplement. He didn't show anything. He's lucky Pat Lumval wasn't there because mm-hmm. she Pity. would have given him the fucking par- firing squad. Yeah. Uh, taking out <laughs> uh, taking his family. As a fine, the firing squad. I love that.
0: Like they, they
1: didn't even. They didn't even have any. They didn't even prove that Nick, Nick Diaz did anything, and she was at the ban of her life. So he, he like, Tanja, is <laughs> kind of, lucky. Like,
0: he is at fairness. Yeah, but look. Uh, uh, to be honest, I think he should get a four-year ban. But I think they might argue that, you know. You were talking about a burden of proof, and I think you know the, the he, he failed the test. And what more proof do you want, really? But the burden of proof that he took it on purpose is a thing. When when Andy Foster came out and said as well that he doesn't think he took it, Jeff Nowitzki has kind of come out and, and not a hundred percent said that, but made. Well,
1: Jack, I think people kind of miss. Maybe I misunderstand, or maybe people, other people misunderstand what mm-hmm. what Jeff Nowitzki does. Yeah. He's meant to be like the the kind of fighter advocate. For, he's like kind of meant to be on their side, yeah, uh, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. And he... people kind of talk about him like he's the kind of like adjudicator, but he's like he's not. He's he's meant to be helping the fighters kind of sort this stuff out with you, Sada. Mm-hmm. As far as I know.
0: And that's why that's why I said that because that, that's why I'm thinking like oh his words and Andy Foster's words that maybe Jones did did thinking Jones didn't take this on purpose might go to you and when you're having the arbitration make him think all right maybe he didn't maybe we can roll it back a little bit that's why I think it'll, I think my prediction is it'll be a three year ban that's what I think because I think uh, you know I think most a lot of people think he didn't take it now I'm not one of those people to be honest I think he's he took it before he, and the reason he's people are talking about four year ban we were talking about here is because he already failed the test you know he said dick pills or whatever but i don't know are you buying that now after he fails for turn the ball you know and, and the, the weirdest thing about this is you know people are saying all right he failed it at a time when you shouldn't be taking it like this this is you know if he'd failed it three weeks earlier i've been in the camp when you're building muscle or whatever and you shouldn't take it. And he goes and, and a lot of people think you know if he failed it, then you could understand it but the time he did fail it it's stupid and you have no reason for taking it John Jones has a history of doing stupid shit. He he literally said he went out and did cocaine the week before he fought Daniel Cormier. This is a stupid man. Like this is a guy who does stupid stuff. That's no. This is not an excuse that it doesn't make sense. Everything. he does oh, doing cocaine the week before you fight Daniel Cormier makes sense? Like, you know, this is. I don't uh, think that's a defense at all.
1: It could be a mental thing as well that, like, he, he he thinks he's better in his mind when he's taking something. This is just pure speculation, but I remember Frank Shamrock saying about Ken Shamrock that it's kind of similar thing that, like, oh, you can take all the drugs you want; outside of the thing. But once you're in the in there, you don't have them you're a little bitch or some, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a mental thing. But uh, it it was strange that that uh, it didn't come up in the in the tests around, but like oh it's not really the defense like they they're not sure like if you if you watch the, the whole hearing which we obviously did but most people probably didn't there, there was a lot of like well this period 45 to 60 days approximately depending on how much was taken if it's taken orally if it's like there's a lot of speculation going on about how long it would have stayed in the system so maybe it is possible that it, it was just out of a system by the next test or it, it, it's all just assumptions, so I don't think anybody really knows um, how long it would have stayed in the system. What way he injected? Like they—they they don't know if he if he took it orally, if he injected it. They, like it's all speculation. So it's not really a, def- a concrete defense when there's so much assumption, so many assumptions being made, and the doctors getting paid. What like what was it four hundred quid an hour?
0: Yeah, fair tip. play. Boy.
1: Like you know, so he's obviously going to say what you like. Well, not obviously, but he's going to be a bit more on your side than than maybe a neutral guy who's not getting paid massive money for whatever he did He went on a bodybuilding forum and didn't bother looking up john 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 Jones's weight on wikipedia or whatever it was ridiculous like
0: yeah it was absolutely ridiculous and and john jones didn't make it better for himself then uh and he came out and kind of attacked me should a little bit a little bit color quitter and stuff in not in so many words but he implied it on twitter and then we should came back and, and said it to him again which you know, John Jones and pregnant women don't have a great history, really, do that, So he really <laughs> probably shouldn't have been saying that, and it it just made him look worse. But I suppose, you know, uh,
1: and then he backed down in the end as well uh, he did, he did. over it, apologized. But yeah, yeah.
0: it's going to take a month or two now. A lot of people are saying for Usada to come out with their decision, so we'll uh, we'll wait with bated breath on that one. Uh, right, let's move on. Let's before we get to to Brock Lesnar and a couple more things, let's talk about the Irish guys who fought over the weekend uh and let's get to the brave card first and will flurry i suppose was the was the kind of the cleanest win of them all the the, uh, the monster man went in there and got a three-round decision win. Looked good, to be honest. I thought he's, he's striking what was good and his grappling was very good. He's His wrestling looked good. He's His clinch. Uh, and he won, the, obviously, three-round decision against an opponent who looked tough, looked like he hit hard. It was a, a fire hydrant, as Jimmy Smith had called him. A little, <laughs> a little beast. And uh, Will Flory did well. So a good performance all around. Yeah, it was a
1: good win. He, he I didn't interview him over, over uh, the internet there and he said he, want, he wanted to keep the streak going of, of all finishes in his career. But... This guy was this guy was tough. Maybe he wasn't the most Tarek Suleiman. I think you say yeah. that's how you say his name. He he maybe wasn't the most skilled, but he was really tough. And he he took a couple of big shots, and he he got taken in a few times. But he didn't seem to get demoralized. He always seemed to be working up. So it was a good test for Will. Like you know, you, you need you need to fight these tough fights when you're when you're just steamrolling through everybody. It's kind of it, there's a lot of unknowns. But like maybe he can he can even though he got a dominant win and nobody was doubting the decision. There's a few things he can go back and look at and improve on, and I think he would have he, he, he kind of hinted at that himself in his post fight interview that it, he wasn't all that happy with it. So he's still early in his career. He's he's four and zero now as a as a pro. After I think he was eight now or maybe even more as an amateur. I'd say he's pretty disappointed because he, he said he was looking for the finish, but I I think it's probably better that he he got the rounds in. It's better. It's always good to see if you can test your cardio and test your your durability. And I think it was a good experience for Will.
0: Yeah, and for a guy as well who's had so many fights fall out in him, it's, I think it's good to, you know, to get that 15 minutes, get more uh, more fight time. So, yeah, fair play to him. Cage boxing uh, veteran as well. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was a good win. Uh, Dylan, too, Dylan, I know you didn't see this fight because yeah, the, can, the stream was given out or
1: came in late. Yeah, I couldn't get the stream going and then it was all over by the time I did.
0: Yeah, I, I saw it, though. It was a very controversial one. I don't know how long it went, maybe a minute or 90 seconds or something, but you know, it's back and forth, Dylan Took was doing well, he was looking flowy, as Artem would say, or as McGregor would say, in fact, to Artem, and then he got dropped with a big, I believe, a right hand. as you said, the stream was terrible and the, the camera work at Brave is just awful, it's, you know, they just move in and out all the time, but you can see him, he got dropped pretty hard with the shot, but immediately recovered, went uh, for a takedown as his opponent kind of came down to land a few shots of ground and pound. And he was going for that. I think he had a single leg he's his hands clasped behind just about to get his opponent either to the cage or push him to the cage or get him down. And then the referee came in and stopped it. It was it was an absolutely horrendous stoppage, just just absolutely terrible altogether. Took was 100% dropped hard with that shot, but it was nowhere near being stopped at all. Uh, just a horrendous stoppage. You know, th- th- he, I think he called his opponent out afterwards again, said he, he wants to rematch, so I think they'll probably end up making that. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was just a bad stoppage. And unlucky for, for Dylan as well, you know, a guy who's, T- he took a bit a good bit of time off after his last loss came back, got a win, and now he's a loss again. You know, he had that very tough fight as well with uh, Adam Vintry <clears throat> over in was it over in was it it was in England Liverpool, and it was in Liverpool yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, it's it's been a back and forth kind of um, affair for Dylan Duke and his career so far. You know, I think John Kavanaugh uh, pointed him out as one of his best prospects, and he definitely is one of the best prospects, but it's you know, it's been a tough one and this is a, another big setback for him.
1: Yeah, I I I couldn't find a video. on it. not Brave don't seem to put the fight video up yet. Uh, but it's it's a tough one to take when 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 you oh, okay you're dropped but you're still in the fight. You're you're working. You're clearly defi- you're like you're fighting back. Like by all accounts, I I obviously didn't see you, but you did. And other people did. You was fighting back by all accounts. And it's a bit it's a bitter pill to swallow, especially when you've just got yourself back on track and you've flown all the way out there, and it 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 would sting, but. <laughs> like Gush Johnson once said, these things happen sometimes in MMA, and it ended up happening the opposite way. Nearly, maybe not as bad, but it sounds the like things. But to, to uh, Dylan's teammate, Franz, uh, his opponent had a had a bit of a case for an early stoppage as well. I think Franz would would tell you that himself.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it's, we, I you saw the France fight as well, didn't you? He, yeah, I did. Yeah. He looked absolutely phenomenal in that fight. Just was landing shots all over the place. Um, dropped his opponent with a big combination. I I think that fight, and I think Pete P- P- mentioned it on Twitter as well. When that fight hit the ground at the start it could have been could have been stopped in but the fact the referee let it on his opponent was clearly fighting back and at the point where he stopped it it was just a terrible stoppage as well he was clearly still fighting but i i do think that fight was kind of only going one way you know it was franz was eating him up that win, you know what it was a two or three minutes maybe and long enough to see that that franz was was way better but it was another bad stoppage that fight shouldn't have been stopped at yeah. the time it was but could you could even franz, see on franz's
1: face he was kind of had his hands in the air looking yeah. at the ref being like what are you doing
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, 100%, but yeah it's uh franz is another guy you know he was over obviously with mcgregor and uh, i think you mentioned it out he was you know giving mcgregor maybe not all he could do but one of his best sparring partners for the for the mcgregor fight and i know you are for the mayweather fight sorry and i know yeah, you know he's, he's
1: been a long term he was there for the mendez he's been there for loads of the fights so he, he's a he, he's always sparring with connor and he, he, he like he can he he's okay maybe franz had a bit of a, he was he had a bit of a rocky start to his to his pro career, but he also had a rocky start to his amateur career, and he ended up being I think eleven and two at amateur, winning the the, the IMAF World Championships, and he's been in there with Connor. Obviously, the, the, that that's only going to help you uh, going up against somebody so talented on the feet, and then when you go in against somebody maybe not as good, it it, it seems a bit easier. So. Um, I think in a couple of his early profiles, he was kind of going for guillotines and stuff like that. I think he knows that he needs to get away from that and just just use his striking because his striking is really, really crisp, really, really fast, and it's just it's by far the best part of his game. Like not many people can hang with fans on the feet.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Then over in uh, Fight Nights Global um, and Young. Took on, you know, um veteran Ali, Ali Bagatinov, yeah, in a in a three round fight, which he lost by a unanimous decision. It was a kind of, a, I think, Ali Bagatinov, I didn't see the whole fight, but I saw maybe the last half of it. But Ali Bagatinov was kind of was dominating it. Although Young did okay, uh, but this is two two losses now in a row after going five and one there in in Bama, and he got to towards the title there in Bama as well. You know, beat guys like like Dominic Wooding and um and Young was a guy. You know, he started off his career what one and four, but he's come back and won a you know, lots of fights, fought some of the best guys. You know, he fought Brian Moore, Dicky Dalton, uh, you know, Alan Philpot, James McAuleen a few times, Paul Maron, and as I mentioned there, uh, Dominic Wooding and, uh, and a couple of more guys as well. And, you know, 11 and 10, looking at his record, that doesn't really talk about how good a fighter Andy Young has become really, does it?
1: Yeah, he's kind of a similar um, rec- pro record-wise to how he was before he kind of yeah. rose to prominence. Um he's fighting all comers like the guys that people don't want to fight like nobody wanted to fight dominic wooding he was what three or four now at the time and he was killing guys and andy young was like yeah give me a, give give him to me and he's going over he fought daniel barres who would just beaten one of the best prospects in ireland uh, ryan curtis in a good fight he loses a majority decision to him and then like all his fights that he loses are close He he's you said he was five and one before before the last uh two uh two losses <laughs> It's it's tough. Like when you're going over, flying over to Russia to fight a Russian. And everybody knows how good Ali Bagatinov is. He's been in the UFC. Um, it's it's tough to have a really good record when you're fighting all these tough guys and tough care ter- tough uh in their in their backyards. You have to be if you're going to win a decision, you're going to have to win it pretty clearly a, a lot of the time. Hmm. Um, it it's, it's a tough one because he he, he kind of looked like he was he looked like he was ready to kind of make the next step after that wooden, wooden fight, but he just ran into two really, really good guys, like this guy, Daniel Barres, like I don't think anybody expected him to be as good as he was against Curtis, uh, Ron Curtis or against Andy Young, but he looked a really good fighter as well, so maybe people look at that and be like oh, who's this guy, but who's this guy, Daniel Barres, but he's he's a really good fighter and then everybody knows about Ali Bagatinov and mm-hmm. uh Ranny Sadea as well, he's a very, very good fighter that was, a, that was a close fight as well, another decision so it's it's tough, but you just got to keep keep going. Maybe, maybe he should be a little more selective about his fights and not fight yeah. people like Ali Bagatinov in Russia. But <laughs> you know, that's what gets your fans. People like when you you fight anybody anywhere. Like it's kind of a it's a tough one, and it's hard to get matchups at, at certain weight classes, like like the lower weight classes and the the, the heavier weight classes as well. So, yeah. it's a tough situation to be in
0: that's why people maybe pad their records as well because we mentioned there's five and one you know a lot of guys who 19 fights in would be thinking about if i that's sort our of record i might be getting to bellator or the ufc but what was he yeah. 10 and 9 at that stage and you know someone looks oh, a 10 and 9 fighter he's sure he's no good or whatever and that's you know it didn't really tell the tale of the improvements he'd actually made as you mentioned syria was the same so he's in you know he's in a very tough place and i suppose maybe he needed to take those chances take those big fights maybe to get to, towards the big show but uh Unlucky for him, definitely in that. And you can't, uh, you know, you can't fault him for taking those big chances. Chris Fields as well. Then he was supposed yeah, yeah. to be fighting in KSW. Bad look, isn't it? The, obviously the snow played against him, and he couldn't get over there. He's had so many fights oh, fall out. a yeah. terrible look.
1: It seems like one thing after another. It's just like in what weird way he's going to scupper Chris from fighting. Uh, <laughs> the, the storm Emma comes along, and uh, the fight gets cancelled out out case out or out to Poland for KSW, and the fight's off and. There's nothing you can do. You're not gonna you're not gonna get to Poland by boat. <laughs> there's no flights, there's no way of getting there. And it's just terrible, terrible luck again from for Chris.
0: Yeah, awful. Hopefully, hopefully that's right fight three met again. Uh, just to mention there as well the KSW, uh Kaladov actually lost by uh, by a triangle as well over there. Ariane Lipsky won her fight as well over there so it was a big night for for KSW and a, a pretty good card and all the was watching that so head on over there to his Twitter and stuff for the for the updates of that. Um anything else and forgetting about it. next
1: well, on week the KSW um, um got another win. He did. He's now 14-14-0 in the the 10 contest and Scott Askham got a great win over uh, Mater, Materla uh, Mitchell Materla who fought who also fought on uh, the KSW Dublin card and looked really really good. Uh, he's a very experienced guy. So That was that was an important big win for Scott Ascombe if he wants to, to kind of push his way back towards like a Bellator or UFC. Although he's probably getting paid good money in KSW, so he's probably happy enough to, to chill there for a while.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Right, then next week, Bama are coming back with another card, and I suppose the big fight on that is the rematch. Uh, Tim Barnett against Reese McKee. Huge fight again for Reese, isn't it? They're fighting for the Bama uh, lightweight title, I believe.
1: Yeah, the world title. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of. Uh, Reese has really pushed for this fight. He he's been calling for like Tim's a quiet Tim Barnett is a quiet guy. He doesn't seem to really be on social media that much or do interviews that much. He kind of just keeps to himself. But Reese has been chasing him, trying to get this fight. He tried to step in on short notice. So I think when when Barnett's last opponent pulled out, mm-hmm. he's finally got his wish and now he's been promoted to the to the main card and to to a title fight. So it's worked out brilliantly for for both of them really. Um, Reese obviously the first time uh, was when they when Tim Burnett and Reese fought the first time Reese was the champion uh, the Lonsdale champion in Bama, and, and, Ree- and Tim Burnett ended up uh, finishing him at the very end of the first round after a pretty close first round. But Reese Reese had a lot of problems um, with his weight cut and he couldn't rehydrate because he had some kind of flu and he probably he he probably would have pulled out if it wasn't in front of his 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 home or he wasn't he hadn't a bunch of fans come down to watch him. Uh, he probably should have pulled out, but he, he kind of sometimes has to learn the hard way. But uh, that takes nothing away from Tim Barnett, like because uh, Tim Barnett looked looked great in that fight. He was what three or four and oh at the time. He, he's young in his career. He's probably made improvements since then. So it's a tough one to pick. It's really hard to go against Barnett, but it's also hard to go against Reese because we, we know how good he is. <laughs>
0: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent.
1: it's a really, really good fight.
0: Yeah, should be good. Uh, Alex Lahore as well, uh, defending his welterweight title, I believe. Terence, as <laughs> a,
1: as a, the face would say. Terence,
0: Terrence. Terrence, Terry Brazier, Terrence that, you know uh,
1: Richard Kiley, Richard Kiley he tried mm-hmm. to call himself the the face of Bama, but they just called him the face when they announced him. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and he always calls Terry Brazier Terence.
0: Terrence,
1: I like that. Uh, Chopper Chai.
0: Uh, Lewis Perry is fighting as well. Well, he's scheduled to fight, but I believe that when I see it. But so, uh, yeah, it should be a should be another fun Bama yeah. card.
1: <clears throat> right, My boy, Fabian as well, though. Fabian, yeah, Jesus, I nearly forgot Fabian. Yeah, he's you fighting the guy who's ten and two. But the guy who's ten and two, his last fight, he beat uh, Sean Lomas, who is was a notorious uh, journeyman who's twenty two mm. and seventy one. Seventy one losses. He's got ninety three fights, though he's he's trying to get to a hundred. I'd say. Didn't he win he's, like last week as well? I think he won a fight last week. I believe he's right? fighting every second. This guy's everywhere. Great man. And, and then before that, he fought a guy, Brad Carter, who was uh zero and 16.
0: Ah, good record. Uh,
1: <laughs> so he's 10 and two. But some of the guys he's fought don't have they actually have probably the worst record they've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> so um, what was it, that American she- dude
0: who was like 50 and 284? Remember that dude? He fought, I think, did he finally in the UFC? <sighs> sure oh god jordan breen is was probably listening to this roaring at the, <laughs> the thing, but someone someone will tell us anyway but yeah. yeah your man actually
1: your man sean lomas got a win at the celtic value 19. Mm-hmm. He, he got an arm lock in the second round it was his first win in i can't even count him any good yeah. for you <laughs> <laughs> Fair play congratulations
0: sean uh <clears throat> right let's move on Brock Lesnar this week was photographed with Dana White uh, in Las Vegas, um, and he, he, the UFC had, or sorry, the WWE had an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in Vegas, and that's why he was there, but he didn't actually appear on the WWE broadcast, and then the WWE had Raw next Monday night, and Brock Lesnar was scheduled to appear, but didn't appear, and people, I don't think people are 100% sure whether that's, uh was, um uh, scripted or whether he actually just didn't appear but on the broadcast his scheduled opponent for WrestleMania Roman Reigns came out and mentioned Dana White and said he was taking pictures with him and uh said that he you know th- this is obviously the storyline coming up to coming up to WrestleMania but there's definitely there's definitely a bit of chat here with Dana White and Brock Lesnar. Obviously, Brock is notorious for doing this uh when he's contract 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 his contract is But <laughs> uh, I listen to Dave Milster's podcast, the Wrestling Observer newsletter. He thinks that uh Brock Lesnar is going to be coming back to the UFC and he thinks a lot of people close to the situation think he is. And uh, I suppose that's it's it's when, when does ban up though? He Please. he it's frozen at the moment, so he has to go back into the Usada pool. But that'll probably be after WrestleMania, which is like six weeks away, I think. So it's probably going to be the end of the year if Brock Lesnar does come back.
1: Well, yeah, it's hard to know with with, with Brock. He does he does uh, this all the time. But I think people have kind of given up on it before the last time when he came back, and or his him returning before he came back, and uh, Mark Hunt they thought it was just a renegotiation tactic. So. Dave Meltzer probably knows a lot better than we do about about the pro wrestling um, or the, the the WWE contract and what's going on there. And if and if they're saying that, then I'm I'm sure Dana White would absolutely love and and endeavor. Uh, Ari Emanuel, all of them would love to have Brock Lesnar back for another fight. Um mm-hmm. he he brings he brings eyeballs from um, from pro wrestling, but he also he also brings a bit of like mainstream media. You, you can get him on you can get him on shows. You'll have people, casual fans, talking about it, and. Um, it makes sense. It makes sense to, if Dana can make it happen, to make it happen, and maybe, maybe, maybe there was something like Dana had to or Endeavor had to let Ronda, like they had to prove Ronda going to WWE. Um, yeah. so maybe that was part of the deal. Is okay, well, you can have Ronda, but give us Brock for another fight. hmm That that's a very good point. Yeah, that could definitely be true. And
0: Brock has showed before that he, after his last fight with Mark Hunt, he was at I believe uh, was Summer Slam against Randy Orton like a couple of weeks later. So he's proven he can do both. Uh, and you know at that time with the whole Ariel Dana Denahoy thing where he got mad at him that was they were talking about you could have ended the relationship and all you know all that stuff but there is a relationship there and uh, as you mentioned you know with the whole Rousey thing Dana had to let her out of her contract uh, and that could have been Brock could have been part of it so I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Brock coming back the question is then who does Brock fight who if he comes back
1: it depends is, if it's it's, it's yeah. going to be the end of the year like is it so it's a, it's a long time away like
0: is a title shot possible
1: no, I don't think so because they wouldn't, they wouldn't want him to leave with the belt if he was to win it. Even though maybe it's 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 I definitely wouldn't be picking him against Dipe, but with somebody as as big and strong as Lesnar, you never know. But mm-hmm. mm, I don't think so. I think it would be more. I don't think Lesnar would want any part of that over him fight again. But
0: maybe. What about Francis?
1: Yeah, they could do that, but they they. I think they want to they want to build francis again um yeah. looking down the looking down the rankings john mm-hmm. jones was
0: obviously the fight that they wanted to put on and i suppose it, a lot of uh, you know if john jones wasn't to get no you i know we think he'd probably get three or four year ban if he doesn't i think that's the fight that will be made but i i, I think that's you know that's unlikely at this stage but uh, you know as you mentioned looking Depends down if the, they'd the want him to
1: win or lose do, do they even care if he wins or loses they just want him to fight for the, the publicity and the pay-per-view points so if, if he's going to be there For more than one fight They might give him A, a fight he can win Like Okay the Mark, Hunt, Mark Hunt's obviously A, a top what, Six or seven guy Yeah And and But it's a nice style It was a nice style matchup For Brock So maybe I'll give him A, a high rank guy That's a nice style matchup Maybe Derek Lewis Valkov Vol- Or somebody he can just Take down Arlovsky <laughs>
0: Kain, yeah, the Cain Velasquez rematch might be, uh might be a <laughs> thing that could happen as well. Cain called him out there as well the other day, and so
1: Brock I, don't that. I don't know. Brock's yeah. probably coming in for the money rather than the. You never know, though. You never know. Uh, like it's hard to know what Brock's thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. Right, let's move on to a few, a few questions here. I'm. We've a couple more topics. Cage Legacy. I'm, oh yeah, Cage Legacy as well. Well, wow, wow, that card has come up this weekend. Ben Forsyth is on it. Uh, Dave Fogarty's on it. Lee Hammond is on it. Uh good, good yeah. enough. All card up in Dundalk.
1: Yeah, yeah. Lee Hammond against uh, Jack Monahan. Jack Monahan six and 0 at amateur. So that uh, Lee Hammond's obviously uh, eight and three. Did really well at the at the IMAFs and lost a controversial decision in the end. Uh, ben Forsythe is is fighting uh, Luis Correa. Correa. Dylan Logan's fighting Marcin Zambela. I think he's from Andrew McGann's gym. Um, the main event is Pedro Carvalho against Cantonev. Cantonev. It's a bit of a weird um. Main event to have a Portuguese guy against a Russian guy. The Ben Forsythe, the Dylan Logan, and the the main event are pro, and the rest of them are amateur. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a good few fights on the card. A lot of guys making their amateur debuts. The the first two fights are both amateur debut guys, and then the third fight is a one and one against a one and one oh. So there's some young young guys. It'd be interesting to see if there's any if there's any contenders coming up on the undercard. Then you obviously got Dave Fogarty of uh, severe MMA and uh, following Conor McGregor in fame <laughs> against Dylan Kennedy. Um, as, as
0: I said to him once, Dave Fogarty, uh, photographer to the stars, and he corrected me for <laughs> to the star. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. He actually took a few pictures of me as well, but I've never seen him since. So, Dave, come on, floss them. Where's my Where's my pictures?
1: Yeah, uh, even he can't make you look good.
0: I'm a beautiful man.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that's that's on a Saturday, tenth uh, of March in in the Barbican Arena or the bar, the Barbican Theatre in Drada.
0: Drogheda. Is that is it McGann from Drogheda, or is he from Dundalka? Oh, I can never
1: um he's from Loud, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. They're on the outside of Dublin here. There's a bogger. That is, they're, they are basically <laughs> Dublin, aren't they? Aren't they? They're, they're Dublin,
0: Dublin, though. They're pretty, Dublin.
1: pretty close, but no cigar.
0: They're Dublin. Right, let's get to a few questions here. Graham. Uh um uh, like Gavin Spring, a friend of the podcast, asks, "How much has Stefan Struve regressed as a fighter to think he actually knocked out the current heavyweight champion?"
1: Oh, that was a shock when he, when he. I think I mentioned this before. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was sure Stipe was going to win that fight uh, against against Stepan Struve. But it was just these things happen, in, when in uh, in heavyweights especially, like you can get you know, like you can get caught with a big shot and you can't recover. Like I don't even think, if I remember right, I don't even think Stipe hit the ground. He was just kind of out on his feet. Um, but yeah, through he, early on in his career, he showed, he showed a bit, like he showed like, he looked like he had a bit of a triangle game. He looked like he looked like he was not dangerous on his feet, but he looked like he was competent on his feet, but he was fighting kind of low level guys when, obviously when you're, when you're, when you're young in your career. And then when he started fighting guys who actually understood how to get inside range, he didn't know how to keep them outside and he, he can't use his jab, and he just can't use his dis. he He's got this huge advantage of being really long and he just can't use it. Um, his state down. When you're that tall, it's hard to have good take down defense. But his take down defense isn't good. Um, he just isn't making. He isn't making the best of, of the tools he has. He fights. He fights. Uh, his fight IQ like is just not good.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Um, Jack George is our last there, which is more frustrating. Uh, Stephen Shrews lack of a jab, <laughs> or Andres Sukumtat not standing up. I'd say Stucom starting that not standing up because it, yeah. we know we know what Stephen Struve can.
1: Yeah, we knew we, we knew Struve wasn't going to use yeah. his distance at all. Like, so.
0: we've, we've been hurt too many times before. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Podge uh, asks about. Uh, Chuck, I've lost the ability to speak. Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz. Tito said Oof. he wants to do it in the UFC. And uh, Mr. Podjas, could you see WME or now Endeavor doing this, or is Tito still signed to Bellator? What, you t- what are your opinions on this? Uh, Tito Ortiz versus Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell's talking about coming back. Someone reported yeah. it, but I haven't heard anyone that I know of report it. Not, not to say that person was wrong or anything.
1: Dana White said it's definitely not going to happen in the UFC, so but it's probably going to happen in the UFC. Yeah, but what about? The <laughs> no, I don't know. it will Um. Yeah, I hope not. I really hope not. Like Chuck, Chuck's chin was badly gone years and years ago, and if he needs the money, well, it, it's kind of like depends what the offer is, and like is Tito, is Tito yeah. going to be landing big shots? And I don't think it even has to be a big shot though to 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 hurt Chuck Liddell these days, but. I can understand why he wants to do it. I can understand why everybody involved, if it was Bellator and Chuck and Tito would want to do it for the money. And maybe they, in, back in their day, they they were getting paid well compared to everybody else, but compared to now, they weren't. And uh, Chuck doesn't have that that UFC job that he used to have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I can see it from both sides, but I, I just I, I just don't like when legends come in and and are the shadows, of ghosts of or the former selves. Like it's sad watching BJ Penn fight. It'd be sad watching watching Chuck Liddell fight. I think.
0: Yeah, I agree. And like, Tito was still fighting to a pretty high level not that long ago, like what, 18 yeah. months ago or so? Tito's, so chin
1: is, Tito's, Tito's chin is alright. Like, it's, yeah. it, he's never he hasn't shown the same kind of damage that Tuckedale has shown. Like, you know, Tuckedale used to be able to take a mad, massive shot and then he was getting hit with these small shots and just getting knocked out cold. Like, we had, had Rich Franklin pretty much finished. He'd broken his arm and was yeah. swarming. I mean, he just got hit with like a small shot as... as uh, Franklin was moving backwards and he was out cold.
0: Yeah, Rashad Evans absolutely slattered him as well. One of the worst knockouts ever, yeah. So I've no interest like if Chuck was coming back, I would rather see. I'd watch it. I'd watch it if they put it on, like let's be honest. Me. But like and, uh, we'd have to fly to the mine, Iowa thought to see that again <laughs> Devin Buster to see it. But I think the uh chi- the, the, <laughs> the Chale fight would have been better. It might might have been less damage and stuff for him. But
1: yeah, I yeah, you know. should, should fight Chael and he'd mm-hmm. just get humped for like who- a grand or a million or whatever it is probably, probably
0: get choked out like or something so yeah that'd be grand but no uh
1: mr pod again asks about
0: kyle schneider gave uh um a tweet conor mcgregor sent if he wants someone to prepare for habib to let him know uh and do you think he'll take up that offer what do you think you know kyle schneider is like uh i don't know i think he's a world champion uh wrestler one of american uh, wrestling's top prospects for going into the olympics and someone who's talked about going to mma before do you think it'd be good for mcgregor take up that offer um, hmm. um, I think it would.
1: Because no, MMA profession? wrestling and, and Olympic wrestling or freestyle wrestling are very, very different. Um, True. Never, it, it, if it, has he been training for MMA at all? Or is he, he probably not if he's still
0: uh I, I I don't think it could hurt like you know he brought in Dylan Dennis to prepare for um, I know and I know that the jujitsu is more similar I suppose to MMA jiu jitsu but I don't think it could hurt I, I you know I think I was bringing in more I, I,
1: I don't I don't really know this guy uh, I've heard the name a couple of times uh, but I, I like I, I, I don't I don't have a picture of him in my head or I don't know what I don't know what size he is or mm-hmm. I don't know if he's if his if his grappling style or his wrestling style is anything like Khabib's but yeah if, like it, it can't hurt
0: yeah, whatever. percent uh, Irish MMA 194 asked, Do you see the UFC signing Sinead Kavana- Kavanaugh for UFC Dublin? We didn't really mention her last week, but with the, I think the it's bad timing for her, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but with, you, she's with Bellator as well, isn't she? But I don't know, if she a full time contract for Bellator or what? Uh, that you know, mm, the women, sure. they need yeah. they need featherweights, like so, may- maybe I, you know, it could, yeah. yeah,
1: if if she just fought her last fight in Bellator, maybe I, I didn't maybe she has, but I didn't hear that. Um, She's had what one, two, three, four fights for for Bellator so far. Um, I'm not sure if we if we reported uh, how many fights she had. Uh, just talk for a second there, and I'll see if we can if I can find that.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like I think she's a good fighter. Obviously, her record hasn't been great recently, and she's missed weight a couple of times and stuff. But I do think I think she's a genuine 145 pounder, and, and as I mentioned, the UFC needs need 145 pounders, and I think Sinead Cavanaugh wouldn't be a bad one if they could get her. You know, maybe get her in, get her. One fight at 145, put her in against Konda even you know, and 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 see if she can do it uh, there, or you know, maybe she gets a couple more wins and straight in against Cyborg because you know I, someone tweeted recently the 145 pound rankings that Amir uh, Rising does, and I think she's in, like in the top top ten, maybe even. So you know, if, if if Cyborg is looking to take on 145 pounders, she's there thereabouts in that in that talk.
1: Yeah, and she'd want to strike as well, which which. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Cyborg, I think everybody involved the UFC, Dana Cyborg they, they 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 don't like they want to put Cyborg in striking matches, and so Cyborg wants to be in striking matches, and Sinead wants to be in striking matches. So yeah, the Bellator thing. Bellator. Um, I doubt they're just gonna let her go, but maybe she just fights. She has one or two fights, maybe on her on. That's for, for example on her fight. If she can if she can win both of them, she'd be what seven seven and two. Then like yeah, that's that's a especially in a really light. Division, as we were saying, that's a really good record. Um, and you, you, you think that the UFC would 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 want to, even if it isn't a Dublin card, they'd want it for like EMEA cards in in London or in, in Glasgow or wherever they're putting on their next European card. The Irish will travel, and I think they know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: hundred percent. Um, she can't
1: find how many fights she had, but um, she had four. So she probably find like you'd be rare to sign more than a five fight deal, but she she could have resigned in between. So I'm not really sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Mr. Paul, just again, uh, are people overrating to the translator ring in the cage with McKinsey Dern She waved them off. What's the big deal? I thought it was very, very weird uh, altogether. You know, I'm obviously McKinsey Dern you know, grew up in in Arizona and America. Her father is obviously Brazilian. She's she's has gained. Uh, we talked about it a bit last week, but she's kind of gained this Brazilian accent, which is, you know, people people do that when they go and maybe live somewhere, spend a lot of time somewhere. But to bring in a translator, maybe they just made a mistake. Maybe someone thought she was Brazilian and needed one, but she did wave him off pretty quickly. But it was, it was very odd. Like it was, <laughs> it just, it was, it was very, very weird. And uh, I, I know you talked about this whole thing last week. What did you think of that? So it, w- it was very weird, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, it's very strange. Um... Yeah, semi.
0: <laughs> Project foreign with big with both Holloway and Ortega being big featherweights. How would you see them fitting in at lightweight if they were to ever move up? I I think Holloway would do would do pretty well. He's I don't know is he that big though? He's big enough, but I don't know compared mm. to other lightweight. Yeah, no, uh,
1: I definitely wouldn't be in any rush uh, to move up. The more the more you can defend the title, the bigger that kind of called super fighter them them top fights in the division ahead. The bigger that becomes, so. Um, with, with Mendes coming back soon, and a new contender in Ortega, and even people like Mirsad Bekic still on still on the Royals. I think I think he's still got a bit. He he probably stick around there and a beat, a, beat a few of them guys first, mm-hmm. or try to at least.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Gary Murphy at Suns underscore twenty fourteen. Uh, Ortega has everything to beat Habib at one hundred and fifty five. This is a super fight to make win border champions. That is a good fight, it is isn't good
1: it? It is a good star matchup. But, I'd love to see that. Ooh, yeah. I don't know. I, like, what would that look like if it did hit the ground? Mm-hmm. Very interesting.
0: Very interesting. Yeah, I'm looking to, looking forward to seeing that one. Gavin Springer asked again then about Frank Yeager What she do next? I think I'm t- thinking about it more about moving to 145 or 135 sorry I don't know is that the best decision as I mentioned with his speed but I think he needs that new lease of life now doesn't he maybe I think 135 is probably the best the best uh, the best way to do it and Johnny Bourne asked about that as well moving down he could outsize guys like uh, John Lineker John Dodson Aljamain Sterling Thomas Almeida and I, yeah, I think that's a good point he, he probably would uh, in, in that case uh, Patrick Sheehan asks who, Patrick, Patrick one, two, three, who would you pick in Joshua versus Wilder Graham what do you think
1: I actually didn't see any of the boxing wilder one, did he?
0: He won. He won. Yeah, it was a very, very good fight. Brendan Sharp came out, and we were talking about it last week, and said it was the best heavyweight fight ever. <laughs> not, not quite. It was a very good fight, but it wasn't the best in the last calendar year. Like, is you know, Joshua and, and Klitschko was one of the best fights of all time. Bet. Boat. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Wilder was getting beat, and there was three rounds left, and he was losing well. on the judges scorecards, and he came out on windmills and and killing him. but I think yeah, I think Joshua would destroy him. I think Joshua has a different different. Joshua
1: didn't look. I, I only saw his last bout. Uh, I think it was his last bout. He didn't look great at all no, against some go. guy who was yeah. dare, meant to be cannon fodder. So, um, maybe the, like maybe the Klitschko fight. Maybe Vladimir Klitschko. He obviously wasn't the, the even the he, his brother Vitali was. I think. Most people would consider him a much better heavyweight than than Vladimir was, and Vladimir was at the end of, at the end of his career, and he he's known to not be really able to take a punch as well as as well as his brother. So maybe that was a bit of a he was on the, he was further down in the in, in in his career than people thought at the time, and he nearly knocked out AJ. So maybe AJ isn't as good as people think he is, but I think he he's still got a lot to prove. But I, I think he is very good, and he he's very young in the game, and he's he probably will be i think he probably will be top class but I, I don't know if he is yet i think he's still got a lot to prove
0: tyson fury still the goat i agree uh barrio asked Tink digital bar asked as well about frankie edgar dropping down yeah tcd did look a, a lot bigger than him joy gahan asked are american media a little biased towards frankie edgar do you think he's as good as they make him out to be
1: we've talked about well he, he's still he's still like he's still very he's good. good yeah he was like he, he was very, he was top class. Like, but the, like, you can only say top top class for a very short amount of time in this game. Um, I think the wrestling. I think the American media do overrate pretty much all the the good wrestlers that are from America. Um, like the, the the talk of Frankie manhandling Connor, I thought was just ludicrous. Um, like the fact that people were talking about him ducking Frankie when he tried to fight Oda, and it just didn't make sense. And I think maybe. Maybe that's more fans than media, but you have kind of the the kind of fan. Uh, you know, the main, the proper media who aren't just kind of half fans, half media. I think, I think knew that, knew that. Um, or wouldn't 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 have been? Wouldn't have been saying stuff like that. So it's hard to know. It, it depends who he's saying is overriding them because some people, like you know, some some of the media were. were think Frankie is obviously one of the best fighters in the world historically, and he is. But they kind of talked about him as if he's still that. And he, and he mm-hmm. just, he doesn't look like he is anymore. But as we were saying earlier, maybe, maybe it's a bad day at the office. Like, you know, maybe, maybe. But I just, uh, when you've been, as you said earlier, you've been in there for the record amount of time inside the octagon in terms of time. It's going to take, take its toll. And it's not, it's not as if he's been doing what he was doing. Like, you know, GSP's been in there a lot of errors as well. But he's been kind of on top, not really taking damage. at A lot of them fights. Frankie's yeah. taken a lot of damage, like a yeah. lot.
0: Martin O'Brien as well. Last in Martin underscore O underscore O'Brien. Is this the beginning of the end for Frankie? I, th- I think it is. To be honest, I think we'll find yeah. out
1: in his next fight, kind of more. But I think it probably is. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think it probably is. Uh, ho- you know, hopefully it's not the MMA. As, a, as, as a top like as
1: a top contender. Not yeah. like he's obviously going to be able to beat like a lot of ninety nine percent or ninety five percent of the guys in the division in 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 bantamweight, lightweight, and featherweight. He probably beat most of the most of the the fighters there, but. We're talking I'm talking about him as a as a top top class yeah. go- Don't
0: underestimate how good Ortega actually fought. You know, I broke it down there at the start of the podcast. He put on a brilliant display of, you know, um not not just how he fought but the, the intelligence he put into thinking, the game plan he had coming into that fight was was absolutely tremendous. So I'd take nothing away from him. But yeah, Frankie's Frankie is. Uh, I think this is the beginning of the end. Uh, Andy Stevenson of the podcast. Andy Steve One two three. Does Will Flory break into the po- uh, break into the podcast? <laughs> break into the UFC in two thousand and eighteen?
1: That's weird. Actually, just as you said that, I just got a notification from Will Flory. Hold on one second on Twitter.
0: What, what did he say? Come on.
1: Bro, oh, it's uh, oh, public. It says uh, four now, eleven fights undefeated. I've been trained by the best in the game. Doesn't matter what the route is. I'm going to UC Dublin. There you I'm go. Going to the top hashtag UC Dublin. Then he tagged. He tagged me, you, PT, John, a few others.
0: Ah, oh, thanks, Will. Fair play. I have a, Is Will Flory from Tipperary or Cork?
1: Uh, somebody actually just replied saying uh, no mention of trials in Cork. Will now question mark? <laughs> 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 Ian Dooley straight in there.
0: He tra- I think he's from Tip, but then he trained in Cork. And did he got a college in Cork, maybe or something, and then now he's up in Dublin. But I'm gonna uh, look uh, if he's a Tip man. I'm gonna have to pull all my support out from him. That's the end. Of it. If he's a, Cork, I'm gonna I'm gonna just choose to call him a Cork man from now on. So as long he, as as long as he
1: keeps winning, he's an adopted dub. If he loses, no, you can have you can you can have him back. <laughs> no, he's he's,
0: he's, he's gonna be the first monster man in the UFC himself, and Peter Queen you know, have a big fight going on. Peter Queen he said it for years he was going to be, but looks like looks like Will Forey could be the man now. Could be the first monster man in the UFC. So yeah, although Sean O'Malley, where do O'Malleys from? Brian Keller, Keller is uh, a West Limerick name, so he's.
1: What about the uh, Davis? What about Davis? Where was Where was, where was yeah. his family from?
0: I don't know. Yeah, Marcus Davis. I don't know. Davis is, I'd say, that's an Instagram. name. That you wouldn't know.
1: He does.
0: Speaking of Irish MMA, MMA McLean, friend of the podcast as well, asked Would you say James Galler is really ARA's only prospect when it comes to being a big name on the world stage? Perhaps Hughes, too? I don't know. I don't know. Have we any James Galler? He's only one and
1: oh, like yeah, he's, he's breaking, breaking his hands constantly. Does it like it's, it's, it's impossible very to know?
0: Know it's impossible to know. James Gallagher, I suppose, you know, he's done the best so far, he's gone furthest, he's unbeaten. You know, there's a lot of guys around there. Look, Richie Smullen's over and yeah. tough as well.
1: Any, anybody expecting any any kind of anything similar to Conor McGregor it is it's just very, very unlikely for it to happen yeah. in terms of popularity and mainstream mm-hmm. attention. It's just, like, it's, it's just very unlikely to ever happen again uh, to an Irish, an Irish all, person.
0: All the guys that were like 15 fights deep in their careers, they're kind of all, you know, being gone now you know patty hoolan is gone uh carl pendred is gone you know the rest of them and now all the guys coming up yeah ashley Daly, but she maybe she was a little bit ahead patty did i not say patty but yeah um but all the guys coming up now like reese mckee you know ryan Curtis, all those guys um dylan too they're all like four or five fights into their career you know the likes of peter Quillian stuff is a little bit ahead as well but you know, I think it's they're all at a point where over the next five fights they'll prove whether they are big prospects and whether they are going to break into the world stage. I think they're all at that at that situation, mm-hmm. so it's, it's an interesting time, uh, so far. A lot of you know, Carl a lot of good Moore maybe he's the one that, that you know that, well, not, yeah.
1: But as I said, I don't think anybody's gonna be anywhere near. The, it'd be very, very unlikely, in my opinion, that anybody like if, maybe if people started uh, following MMA and watching UFC when Conor came in or when they they saw Conor in the UFC, this is a very unique situation. Like people five or six years ago, maybe a little longer, didn't even didn't even want to watch lightweight fight. They didn't want to watch featherweights fight. They they just saw these guys are midgets. We don't want to see them. Like it, it was, it was really hard to be a star unless you were a heavyweight or or. At least a welterweight, anyway. Um, so yeah, it's just just very unlikely. It's really unlikely.
0: Yeah, uh, Steen Berglund asks, "Is where do we see Benil Darius's career evolve from this?" I think he's going to have to f- to find a different way to fight. Be more careful with that chin. I, I, I really think he is one of the most talented lightweights in the world. Uh, um, you know, I wonder.
1: Uh, I was wondering, is he like you know he, he isn't like he hasn't taken that many big shots. Is he is he like, going no. too hard in the gym? Like is it? It could be something like that where he's he's taking shots he shouldn't be taking in the gym or something. But like I'm, I think the the, the kind of ninety nine percent of the fighters in the UFC the game is for the game has moved on and they've moved on with it. and They don't really they beat the shit out of each other constantly yeah. like they used he to. Be. Was in, he was in he still goes on a little bit. He goes on a little bit and maybe it is going on in in some of these gyms. But it's unfortunate when you're when you're such a good fighter, but you you don't see really take like a shot. But Sometimes it's just you're just unlucky and a couple of times in a row you just get hit on a perfect spot and maybe you don't have that much of a problem with your shin. We've seen guys have their shins written off before and then they've come back and be able to take shots and it's, it's just in, it's
0: in Barbosa that was one of them, wasn't he? Yeah. Remember, yeah.
1: So, yeah, Overeem. like people were talking about Overeem retiring, like what Five 12 years ago when he was a light heavyweight, people were like, oh, he's been knocked out 10 times, he needs to retire, he has no chin, he can't take a punch, oh, he's, he's never going to be able to take a punch off a heavyweight and then he wins like multiple heavyweight belts outside of the UFC and uh, kickboxing Grand Prix and fights in some of, the, mm-hmm. gets some of the biggest purses in the UFC, so like, who knows, it, yeah. it, like, it might just be unlucky.
0: Hundred percent. David Laurie asks any realistic challenges for Chris Cyborg I think Nunez is really the only one we talked about that. David David Jamison as well. At Dave G E M Randomly though as well. The randomly maybe. Yeah. David Jameson asks about the game plans for Holloway versus Ortega. We kind of talked about that. I think Ortega getting it to the ground using his jiu jitsu. Holloway keeping it up striking. Uh, Mannix at Manix Nolas asks is Ortega versus McGregor the most interesting matchup ever in the history of the featherweight division.
1: Featherweight division. I think connor has gone from Federation. Yeah, but what about not, that? Not, just not just that matchup.
0: Matchup in general. What do you think about that? This is an interesting. Right, I, point, I, think, right. I think
1: I think somebody who's more desperate to get it to the ground, uh, cause more problems for Connor, Maybe like, like Khabib or Habib. I think that's probably a harder matchup for Connor than Ortega because Ortega is kind of willing to stand a bit. And uh, um, although his striking looks very good against Frankie, I, I don't think it, it'd be anywhere close to to Conor's it be mm-hmm. bad news to Strike at him. but he definitely has a method the victory there. Like when you're that good at Jiu-Jitsu, you have a method the victory over anybody in, in the in the the UFC.
0: But mm-hmm. I think
1: the the kind of Ben Askren, Habib, kind of the relentless takedown kind of route. Even though like Connor's grappling is people make it out like it's terrible, and they think his takedown defense is terrible. But <laughs> if it's so bad, then why don't why don't people take him down? Like I think because because maybe. Yeah, he looks so he looks so good on the feet that people just assume that you're you're bad on the ground. And then the, obviously, yeah. the Diaz thing kind of played into that kind of confirmation bias nearly. But, um, Connor's no mug on the ground, and it's very hard to get in on Connor's hips because of the angles he's taken to even initiate the takedown. So,
0: you're such a fucking SBG shill, aren't you? Fuck's
1: sake, I'm just calm as I see it. Are you going to
0: announce Team Graham this week, actually, or is that going to happen?
1: Maybe it depends. you know, I have to have to think about it more. You've stolen all my fighters. Yeah, don't know. Listen, do you not have a salary cap or what's going on? I'm like, <laughs> thinking. Do you, want right, you get to draft we're... anybody or what's going on? There's
0: there's going to be we're going to announce this this week. There's a, maybe next week we're going to do a little show on this. I think 11. We're gonna to have to keep it at 11 fighters per team, and we'll announce them. I I've mine kind of lined up now. A few might be dropping out. A few might be coming on. No, let's let's talk Kick about it. from the
1: team. Cut from the team, cut from you
0: know. the team. Does like <laughs> cut <laughs> right? Three last quick quick questions. I'm gonna read this out because this just made me laugh as I read it. It just came in as we were talking here live from Stan Kavanagh <laughs> on, on a scale of one to ten. How much of an onion is Gareth Davis when he's with his hard man head on him in photos? <laughs> Say that again. How, how, how much of an onion is Gareth Davis with his hard man head on him in photos? <laughs> It's very funny. Have you seen Gary? Is
1: he talking about some kind of? Yeah, no, he's been posting loads of
0: photos recently with just a big hard man head on him, <laughs> and it's he, <laughs> definitely nine or ten on the onion factor in the, in those hard man photos. But yeah, it's very funny. He's a guy that that God. He's a weird man. He's a weird man. He, uh, he's always coming up to me at events when I meet him. there talking to me, even though he doesn't really know who
1: I am. <laughs> Very odd. Yeah, I think he means well, but he's just a bit odd. Yeah, he's like, odd. I think of 99% of people in MMA are a bit odd,
0: apart from, <laughs> apart from me. Uh, Kieran in the Soup Lad, friend of the podcast as well, asks about Reese McKee this weekend. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Do you think, and yes, uh, UFC Dublin call likely for him? I don't know. I think, uh, I think he's another few he way you know, he lost yeah. not too long. And, and is carl Moore the most likely option for UFC Dublin? I think he probably is, isn't he? Uh-huh, yeah, I think yeah.
1: if he wins that belt, as we said before, the headlines with first man since Conor McGregor to hold two belts and cage wires will, will go a long way towards drawing attention to him. And uh, obviously, there's there's not that much depth in the, the light heavyweight and heavyweight divisions uh, in Europe. So uh, they probably want to snap him up, yeah.
0: Mhm. right, two more here. Farrell Connolly just came in with one there after uh, Cage Warriors and um, and KSW the last few weeks. Any new members Sean would like to add to team? Sheehan? and I, I don't know. We just, we'll, we'll have to decide. I like Alex Lahore actually. I think people underrate him a little bit. Even though you know he's the Cage War or, or the the Bama welterweight champion and. I was talking to a few people after the last event, and like, uh, talking about maybe he's gone to the UFC soon, and they were like, "No, nah, he's not a." Wh-. And I was like, "Well, he's a, he's a good fighter. He's been a lot of good guys." So I don't know. Are you kind of one of those guys who will underrate him a little bit, maybe? Are you?
1: Um, I, I think he's good. I like. I don't think there's any rush for him to get to the UFC, but yeah. I don't think. I, I think there's definitely uh, a lot of matchups he can win in the UFC. But um, I think, I think, he, I think he's. I don't, I don't think he should be any in any rush, but I don't think he'd be out of place in the UFC if he was to be signed
0: that's a fair point and last question here from a man i'm going to call friend of the podcast now he's always looking for it. wally, wally, into it. Did wally frogmore no no well yeah thoughts <laughs> I mean, we maybe haven't talked about this in a long time but thoughts and rogan going full fight companion during the adelaide bird judging during the broadcast and the commentary in general i thought that was funny to be honest i like that and i kind of i think daniel Carme has kind of grown into it a little bit more um I'm beginning to like harmia more as a commentator, and it you know it took yeah. time. And I think by himself as well, he was very good. And I think him and Rogan, the the more they become comfortable together, the, the kind of the funner it gets. And I like yeah. that
1: to be honest. Yeah, he, he kind of was at the start. He was he was a bit too fan fanish. Uh, he was kind of like you know screaming over and over again and stuff. Mm-hmm. What was it? He was screaming over and over again. Tug
0: rose, Tug rose! Oh yeah,
1: Tug rose! It, just, it was so irritating. But um. He seems to like he's obviously been getting a bit of criticism online I've seen him bits but he, he he's improving like it takes a while like you know it's rare that like somebody comes in and just really good straight away like look like maybe Dominic Cruz is the the outlier there but like even if you look back in the old Joe Rogan stuff it, it, like from back in the day it's not great like and mm-hmm. you look back at all you look back at all the the commentaries when they start and it's a difficult thing to do to talk for like what like 7 hours straight or whatever it is <laughs> like you're gonna say some dumb stuff and people are gonna remember it and make it into a a meme or whatever and you're just gonna have to take it and just take it and just go on and just try to improve and That's he's actually like done that
0: yeah do you know that t- just spending time there i don't think maybe people don't realize when you're actually there at events working at them, you're just destroyed afterwards like even us sitting cadeside like, you're just so tired of you know you're doing yeah. stuff all the time even dana white you know you see him with megan olevy after afternoon interviews and he just looks pissed off even if it's a great event he's just he's wrecked for sitting there for seven hours it just takes it out of you you know if you're there maybe drinking watching the fights it's not too bad but when you're there actually working and doing stuff it's it's uh it, it's very, very draining. But um. yeah, we
1: always have big plans, though after the fights we'll we'll go out drinking and then by the time people are like, Oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go home.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> I, 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 even at cage legacy the last day we went into the myself and patrick and podrick uh podrick foreign or severe snippet guy give me a follow on twitter we went in and just we literally just sat down drank a few pints like ah oh, jesus this is great now you know just just kind of rested there and there wasn't that many people around there you know you you'd think all the fighters and stuff will be in there afterwards but you know, maybe two, 20 people or whatever in there you know people kind of just kind of get wrecked from it and uh yeah it's 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 uh it's a weird one but yeah fair play to the the lads i think they did uh they did pretty well even after dc's kind of the weirdness last Week with the whole Jeremy Stevens and Ian things, but yeah, um that's 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 just about it. Thanks everyone for the questions. As I said, announcement coming during the week. Please follow at and my pod. Keep your questions we,
1: just, we, I think we missed one thing. D- uh Daly and Fitch got announced.
0: Oh, yeah. Jeez, this god my, this is the worst matchmaking ever. This is the terrible. Why would they make this fight? And I know why they make this fight because Paul Daly wants out of Bellator, and I don't think he's many fights left in his contracts. And they want Fitch to come in and lay on top of him and beat him. And then I don't know if Fitch going to be able though. to do that, though. Fitch has
1: looked not good recently. He has not looked good recently. Um, God, but you, it have is a, a, you have a
0: hitter, though. You have a, a striker like Paul and You give him fucking John Fitch. Oh.
1: <laughs> they guy, like... Years ago, he'd won like John Fitch must have won like ten fights in a row against top contenders, and they just wouldn't give him that title shot against GSP again, just because he's so boring. I use lose every time. Yeah, and then Johnny like John and they were like, "Ah, oh, brilliant."
0: I like John Fitch, like, but come on, why, why would you do this to Paul like Why, why, why would you do this mm. to Paul Daly? God Almighty, it's just so terrible. <laughs> Actually, Man United and Liverpool playing this weekend as well. I think we won't talk about that here. We won't talk about that here. We'll have somewhere else to talk about that. Man United so.
1: didn't play this weekend, did they? they no, they're playing Monday against Ben Fox's Crystal Palace. Yeah, good win for Liverpool. The ref was a disgrace, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, and, is yeah, not. Did you see the game? Did you? <laughs> uh,
0: who did they play again? I, I uh, Newcastle. Oh yeah, I saw most of it,
1: yeah. Like uh, Salah had a shot at one side and your man charged the ball down with his hands and it was one of them. Oh, come on, oh, that them, a... like fifty fifty that like have, been going, a... have been going against Liverpool all season. Don't be so biased. And though. then Mo Salah is fully true on goal and this guy just takes him out from behind and it's just play on. Like it's just yeah, amazing. well it was that was like last second
0: of the game. It wouldn't have been a penalty, it was outside the box. It, it would have, have been, been right a
1: record now. and it would have been a it would have been a, a good chance to score another one for Salah, but
0: I thought the Liverpool fans are an absolute disgrace cheering on the opposition manager doing a chant for the opposition manager what a bunch of jokes them fans are
1: fucks. so like if Sir Alex Ferguson took over somebody he's you, not he didn't he want him he's, he's
0: not a manager he was Sir Alex Ferguson is still employed by Manchester United
1: but if he took over a job somewhere uh, and he, he he won't, to man that man, wouldn't happen that wouldn't if happen did, yeah. Yeah. if Ron oh,
0: Atkinson man. if Ron Atkinson came in now managing someone else I don't think the Man United fans would cheer him to be honest Louis Van he doesn't didn't have, he, win he win. didn't he didn't
1: win a Champions League or anything like to that. Manu, uh, do you
0: think Man United will will, uh, will cheer David Moyes when he comes back, the winner of the FA Cup?
1: Well he didn't make a he didn't make a mockery of the club though. Was Van like, he won the Champions League. It was a very different situation, I think. <sighs> no, and he so he, he fought against Hickson Gillette who tried to ruin the whole club. So he no. was kinda he's he's remembered for that as well. He Super fans, yeah, he's a legend. Roughly why, did
0: they, why did they boo Raheem Sterling? Then he did his best, they almost won the league with Raheem Sterling in the team, and they, yet they boo him when he comes back. It's
1: because of how he, I think, because of how he him and his agent went about it. It wasn't just, it was, you could have, you can do it, you can, you can leave the club in a dignified way, or you can be an absolute wanker about it. Like, and, and a bit of a bit of stick in football, people are always giving out. It's like, what's the problem? Like, you know, there's always like, you know, people are moaning about everything in football. The VAR, they get the decisions right and people are moaning. It's like, he's he's, he's offside and he fails him. It's like, well, like, it's a foul. Like, okay, you didn't see it first time and it will be given most of the time without VAR, but that's a foul. Like, I don't know what the problem is anyway look forward
0: to the severe MMA, um, football show coming up this week <laughs> 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 but yeah that's the end of the podcast thanks everyone for tuning in May.com, the website check it out all week uh, I don't know when you UFC see uh, London is next week so we'll talk about that on the podcast next week and, and anything else get your questions in all week at severe Pod. we'll still be here uh, we'll be back next uh, Sunday night Monday morning to get the uh, next podcast in so keep your questions in there I'm at Sean Sheehan BA you can follow me there follow Graham as well at severe Follow Severe may as well on instagram and on facebook and all those good places graham anything to say before uh we go as i pull up my inspirational quote here
1: don't ask me why i motherfucking stressed. things don't change
0: okay we that'll do as the inspirational quote for the week see you next tuesday